So, Berto, a couple of months ago, I sent out a survey to all of the patrons and the people on YouTube and the people on Facebook, and I asked them to fill out this survey asking them a bunch of questions about the podcast. That's crazy. All four of them? And so I thought we would go over those data. What do you say? Sounds very intriguing. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor, and I love data. Ah, uh, I am also sort of a Star Trek fan, but my name is Humberto Castaneda, and I make humidifiers that don't require any water. So... This episode will just be about the survey, and if you're not into that kind of episode, I recommend you skip it. One of the findings of the the survey actually found that some people will skip some episodes if they don't like the topic, and they really like it when I say up front what the episode is going to be about so they don't get 20 minutes in and realize it's not an episode for them. Can I say something rude about those kinds of people? Sure. (laughs) No. (laughs) So this... I love you guys. Let's start with overall feedback. So on a, uh, so I, I asked people how satisfied they were th- with the podcast on a scale from very dissatisfied, somewhat dissatisfied, neither satisfied nor dissatisfied, somewhat satisfied and very satisfied. What percentage do you think were very satisfied? Very satisfied, 20%. Uh, you're shooting low, right? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I mean, 20%, like 80-20 rule, like most people will be satisfied, but not everyone's going to be very satisfied. Well, 82% were very satisfied. 82%? Yeah. I mean, that's impressive, dude. Which is the same rate from 2006. So I did a similar survey, a shorter survey two years ago, and end of 2006, and it was the same rate, 82%. So it's 80-20 the other way. So then 16% were somewhat satisfied, which is a similar rate as two years ago. And three or three people said they were neither satisfied nor dissatisfied, which equals 1%, less than 1%. And then one person, which is 0.3%, there were were 300, about 300 people who responded. So one out of 300 said they were somewhat dissatisfied. Oh, wow. No one was very dissatisfied? Nobody. I guess, is it self-selecting? Like, if you're very dissatisfied, you don't answer surveys? Well, and <laughs> if you're very dissatisfied, you stop listening. I mean, yeah. I'm a podcast listener. Right. And I've of all the podcasts I've listened to, I would say 3% of the, the podcasts I've tried, I've been satisfied with. Uh-huh. So wow, that's low. Yeah, there's a lot of bad podcasts okay. out there. I mean, I I hear about one, or I just Google, or I just in my podcast app, I'm just like, you know, movie review podcast or something, dude. Okay, so. and, and <laughs> if I stop listening to them and they send a survey to their people, I'm yeah, not going to right. So countless people have probably come our way and left, and therefore they never got a chance to fill out the survey. I had a very touching experience over a Christmas break. I was at a party that I go to every year, and a good friend of mine, who I see almost every year at this party, because he's, he's the son of one of my mom's best friends, or my mom's best friend, actually. And we were at this party, and we're talking, and he's like, by the way, Berto, I am now full-on like a uh, psychology in Seattle fan. And I'm like, what? Really? He's like, yeah, I've been marathoning all your episodes. I'm like, what are you kidding me? 
the, yeah, so I listened to lots of podcasts, and you know, Joe Rogan was my number one, but that's no longer true. You guys are my number one now. Wow. I was like, what the heck? And it was kind of weird, because this is someone I've known forever, and all of a sudden, they know more about me than, they, than I probably intended. <laughs> so it was, it was funny. <laughs> that's great. So he's probably listening to this right now. Yeah. Mark, if you're out there, this one's for you, bud. <laughs> so some final feedback I asked. So there's a lot of questions, but the, the final question I said, just, you know, open-ended question, just whatever sort of feedback you have. And uh, nearly every response was positive, actually. And the most common – so I, I, I read all the uh, qualitative responses yeah. and coded them all. And the most common category was something along the lines that they love the show. Nice. 55% of those who responded indicated some love for the podcast. For example, one respondent wrote, I'm totally in love with this podcast. Aww. Another wrote, I absolutely love you guys. Another respondent wrote, I adore this podcast for so many reasons. I'm Twitter twiddling. My another, heart is fluttering. Another person wrote, this podcast is an integral part of my life, and I depend on it to soothe, entertain, and teach me all sorts of things. I love you. Wow. Yeah, it's really That's great. That's crazy. Yeah. So- I have to say, when I was going over the data, I first, the negative responses really got to me, you know what I mean? Oh, or okay. not got to me, but I was focusing on them quite a bit. And then as I actually started to analyze the data, I was like, actually, there's a lot of positive responses. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. And the other, then the next thing that it affected me was... I sort of had an idea that that was true, but it's so rare when someone loves something that they actually will comment on. Right. And the most frequent comments that I read are comments on YouTube mm. because that's a frequent thing that people will comment on. But the vast majority, and we'll get to this in the in the survey, of people who listen to the podcast, they're listening on their phone app. Right. There's no way to comment on your phone app. So you could so you're listening in your car and you shouldn't be commenting anyway in the car or you're doing chores and you pick up your phone like what do you do like right. it's not a, it's not an easy clickable thing whereas you're on YouTube it's just right below boom you just right. you just add something and people on YouTube are as I've talked about before way more likely to be uh, upsetting to me at least the ones that comment <laughs> yeah and so the uh, well, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. commenters on YouTube, I yeah. should say. So, I mean, we get we get a lot of likes on YouTube, and we get way more views than even likes. So clearly, a lot of people are seeing it that are not not even liking, let alone commenting. Right. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I've never commented on YouTube. I've liked something maybe twice or something, uh -huh. and there there are plenty of channels I that see. I love. I don't even subscribe to I those see. channels because I'm too lazy or something. I like and comment constantly. You do? <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. But I'm not one of the uh, abrasive bastards. <laughs> and the uh, YouTube channel is only a small percentage of those who watch our, who listen to our podcast yeah. anyway. So it, it's just great to do this survey and actually get like a real representative picture yeah. of what people think of the podcast. Um, twenty-seven percent said something along the lines of "thank you." For example, someone wrote, "Thank you for my favorite podcast." Another said, "Thank you for all your hard work." Wow. The, the next category down, fourteen percent wrote about learning a lot from the podcast. Uh, one person said, "I have learned so much." Another wrote, "Great job! I have learned so much from you. Thank you." When they say "great job," do you, do they mean the job that I hold in my outside career? We'll get to that in a second. 
the next category is that they said something along the lines that the podcast has helped their life. And I have to say, these responses were the most touching to me, mm, you know, because yeah. it's one thing to entertain and sure. learn. It's another thing. It's like, this podcast has affected my life in right. a positive way. And that's my mission mm-hmm. in life is to, to, to try, attempt through my work with my clients, through my work with my supervisees, my work with my students, work with the podcast listeners is to try <laughs> to make a positive contribution to the world. So I just want to read these because I think they're very uh, heartwarming. You've made a major contribution to the quality of my life. Wow. Pretty uh, succinct there. Thank you, guys. You've changed my life in a good way. Another person. I donate $20 a month. I do so because I feel my world is deeper and lighter because of your podcast. Another person. I love this podcast. It's helped me because uh, it's helped me with my own issues a lot and also helped me and my husband. Mm. The podcast has helped me through, through the worst of times. So this one is interesting because there is an interesting relationship that podcasters have with their audience, right? right? It's an intimate thing, particularly I think the way that we do it, right? It's not just lecturing. It's it's personal. You mean we, because of the SSV? The SSV as well. It's very touching in that way. And mm-hmm. so it feels, and we'll get into that later, people have a relationship with us right. and feel like they're connected to us, which I've always wanted Primarily because I think that's great, and also because the podcast that I love, that's how I feel about the the podcasters in that situation. Uh, Another person, I'm much more compassionate to myself and those around me. Another person, your podcast is such a gem. It has helped me a lot in my life and provided me guidance when I don't have a lot. I consider you one of the most influential people that has impacted me, although we have never met. Jeez, man. Yeah, it's a big deal, right? Which I can totally see, honestly. I mean, not to be... Um, braggy or something, but the stuff that we get into, you know, we're bigger than the Beatles. Well, <laughs> the topics, right, and and the the mission and the themes of sure. compassion, of normalization, of anger at oppressive societal notions, at uh, you know, connecting people, understanding. I, you know, by, I, by the nature of the topic of the podcast, it will inevitably touch on so many topics that are real life topics. And I believe underrepresented sentiments in media and even among clinicians, honestly. Um, So, all right. So the next category is people saying don't change. So essentially, you know, because the whole most or half of the survey was basically intimating like, would you like us to change this? I see. Do you like this? Would you like less of this? Would you like more of that? And a good percentage of people were just like, look, don't change anything. Don't change it. <laughs> you know? So one person says, uh, keep up the good work. You are both wonderful humans. Aww. Another, I like your podcast the way it is. Because um, I was going to start doing a robot voice from now on. <laughs> the next uh, group uh, of respondents, 9% in- indicated some love or like for me. Uh, the next one, uh, 9% of people commented on my compassion and responsiveness. Uh-huh. Another person, or 9% of people also indicated that this is their favorite podcast. Uh, and the next 8% talked about you in terms of your vulnerability and your humor. For example, one person wrote, I also appreciate Umberto's authenticity, self-disclosure, and humor. Ah. Uh-huh. 
So, so it's someone, a, <laughs> someone apparently understands your jokes. <laughs> One person out there. <laughs> Another person wrote, you are doing a much appreciated, you are doing much appreciated work and the level of self-analysis and openness Kirkin and Berto do is astounding. Thank you. Another 8, 8% indicated. So some people indicated more than one sentiment. That's yeah. why this adds up to more than 100%. 8% indicated appreciation for humor and entertainment. Uh, one person said, you guys make psychology fun. The Kirk Umberto episodes are the best. <laughs> Thank you for making me laugh and learn. Keep at it. I'll be listening. And she actually signed her name Genevieve. So uh, she was, I think, the only person who just oh, said, I don't mind cool. if you <laughs> have my name. Uh, and uh, 8% indicated that the podcast has helped their career. Wow. Uh, this, and this was another big one for me uh, because, you know, I guess secondary to making a positive difference in the world is to help fellow clinicians yeah, out Yeah, help them professionally. Know? Yeah. So... Oh, but they probably mean like other people that are also in the business of humidifiers. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I mean, they come here for humidifier talk and that's what they get. One person wrote, as corny as it sounds, I have both laughed and cried listening to this pod. I have also learned skills as a therapist while literally driving to my job. Um, another person said, love your podcast. It was very influential in my decision to go back to grad school. Wow. Uh, this provides such an amazing resource and is really making us all better therapists in the long run. Uh, this le- Another one here. This podcast has changed the direction of my vocational journey. I really cannot tell you how much it has meant to me and how you, Kirk, have put words to many things in my head. I'm indebted to you and hope to continue to learn for you for many years. Incredible. So that's a really big deal. When I started the podcast, I think that was perhaps my prime directive was a resource for therapists. I, I remember that's how you talked about it. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because you, you – I mean you said, hey, I'm thinking of starting this thing. You, you didn't approach it as like, hey, I'm doing a thing just for the hell of it and like I just want it to be light and fun. You specifically said like this is part of my dis- – like my, you know, my profession and I think it will have an impact for the field and blah, 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 blah. In, in so many words. and But, of course, you did want it to be somewhat entertaining, so you tried to remember to hire that funny guy, and since he wasn't available, you got me. Alberto's <laughs> <laughs> uh, joking. Alberto was uh, the first person I asked. Uh, or, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no. Oh, it was... Bob was the first person I asked, because he's another therapist. Oh, right. Um, and he didn't want to do it, I think because he was afraid. And then, actually, I think what he said was, I don't think I have anything to say or something. And then I asked you, or maybe I thought about Bob and you. Anyway, the point is, is... You exhausted your Rolodex. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the next group was people just commenting on Umberto in general. For example, one person wrote, Umberto is my favorite co-host. I enjoy his sense of humor and vulnerability. Aww. Another wrote, you are doing so much appreciated work and the level of self-analysis and openness Kirk and Umberto do is astounding. I think I already read that. Yeah, one. you read that one. But that's okay. Um, you can read that one all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last uh, uh, category of open-ended responses were uh, positive about the variety and volume of podcasts. For example, one person wrote, I really appreciate the range of topics and incredible depth that you that you all provide. Another wrote, the consistency and sheer volume of enjoyable and educational, educational, educating episodes that keep coming out are just unbelievable. Uh, that's actually one thing that a lot of people will say if they don't know the podcast. They'll yeah. be like, oh, so 
how often you know if they find out I do a podcast right. like so how how many episodes you know do you, how often do you release episodes I'm like 3 a week yeah. and they're like what right no no it's it's hilarious when I cuz I've recently come to realize how little I've talked about the podcast to people in my circles throughout the years and so there's people I've I've known all this time or or at least in the last few years and I'll be having a conversation and it'll just kind of casually come up and I'm like oh yeah I do a podcast like, oh, and it's almost, you know, like when someone's like, I'm picking up ceramics or something. Like, oh, that's cute. Like, I, I, have a, yeah. I have a little hobby. That right. I and, I've, and I sort of talk about it like that. But, but they're like, oh, like, when did that start? It's like, oh, actually, it's been 10 years. They're like, wait, what? And then, then they're like, oh, so you must have a lot of episodes. I'm like, yeah, we have like over 800 or something. <laughs> like, they're like, wait, what? And then it's this, the switch over to like, what the hell? Like, you never talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk about it either. Yeah. I consider it to be slightly, you know, it, it. of course I want everyone to listen if they want to listen, but there's something kind of scary about people close to me listening. Yeah. You know? It's uh, one. Two, it's weird, you know, like at Antioch, there are a lot of students and staff and, and colleagues and everything. And... One, you know, of everyone I pass in the hallway yeah. or of every student I talk to, I don't know if they're just a student that barely knows me or they've listened to all 800 plus episodes and know huh. very many things about me. That's a good point. <laughs> and, and and then sometimes they'll just be like, oh, and by the way, I've I've listened to all your episodes and I'll just be like, it'll you know, because it, it really shifts yeah, the relationship shifts. <laughs> yeah. at that point. And uh and so, um, so there's that. And then I instantly start thinking, you know, did I say anything stupid recently that, <laughs> that would be, you know, well, it's offensive. like when we finally met fans for the first time last year, like a lot of them. And, and it was that moment of, you know, I, I remember talking to a few of them. They're like, yeah, I've listened to hundreds of that. And I remember just like realizing, oh my God, you've, you've heard a lot more about me than I realized someone would hear about me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we always knew intellectually that those yeah. people were out there. And of course, people would email in and yeah. say certain things. But it was another thing entirely to meet to them, meet them yeah. face-to-face. That was, yeah. Was I, I had a, a crazy thing happen to me last week after our podcast. So I went home and it was late because we did like five hours of podcasting. It was yeah. ridiculous. And I was super tired and hungry. And everything closes around where I live like early, right? So I realized, oh, this place looks open and they have good food and, 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 I, and they have a bar. So I thought, oh, maybe the bar's still serving or something. So I went in and I sit at the bar. There's only, there are, there's two women there. One is the bartender. The other one is a, 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 a client or what do you call these people? Patron. A patron, yes. And I sit down and I realize, oh, and I ask, hey, are you guys still serving food? And the bartender says, no. And I realized it's too late for me to back out. So I'm like, all right, I'll just order a drink. So I start talking to the uh, gal that's sitting there. And we had like a crazy conversation about like American Psycho and movies and all these things. And the conversation started quite cordial. And towards the end of the conversation, it was a full on debate about movies and people and intentions and crazy stuff. And it, it got sort of heated not like bad heated just like 
I was defending, you know, you know me, I don't back yeah. down from a debate. And this person didn't either. So we were full on debating. But but sort of in the middle of our conversation, it came up that I did a podcast and she asked what it was and stuff like that. Well, at the end of this long, exhausting debate, it was time for me to go home. And I sort of was feeling like like we were ending it on a conflicted note because like we, we argued a lot. And we, you know, when you just meet someone and like you spend like an hour just heavily arguing. But as I'm walking out, she's like, what's the name of that podcast again? And I'm like, Psychology in Seattle. So I think she might listen. Ooh. So if you're out there and you're listening. You're wrong. Was, yeah, you're wrong about everything, but that was a fun debate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, the the other reason why I don't like talking about my podcast to acquaintances yeah. is it feels I, I I'm mortified to to think that they would think I'm like wanting them to listen. You know, right. like and I've been this way from the beginning. I, I remember when we first started the podcast when no one was listening. Right. Like not a single human being was listening to the podcast. <laughs> I, I remember people would give advice like, Well, you know, tell your friends. Right. And I was like if my podcast depends on my friends listening, then I'm doomed. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, I need people to organically listen. I got to be honest. I also was glad that we weren't doing that because it helped me be more open. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I'm the kind of person, as you know, that I probably would have gone down the similar route. But it certainly was more liberating to know that no one was listening because I could say anything. Yeah. And then over time, I just kind of got into that mode of like, I can be open. I can talk about my life and my experiences and, and it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And then when I finally had people that did, and then I wasn't, I was like, all right, <laughs> that ship has sailed. Yeah. It is kind of a weird thing. Cause it's like, of course you want people around you to listen if, yeah. if they want to, but at the same time, it, it does bring home certain consequences, shall That's we right. say. Um, so I'll get to some negative things in a bit, but I, I'm at the point in the report where it, there's some more positive things. I asked people what their favorite part of the podcast was and what what do you think the number one thing was that was and I this was an open-ended question. Tough or bluff? Uh, no. So we, we don't do many tough or bluffs these days. No, that is not the their most in fact we'll get to that later. Okay, but. the the where we analyze movies or music. Uh no. Mm. Actually, that we'll get into that later. Too. Well, okay, your deep dives. Yes, the deep exactly. dives. Anyway. Yeah. So, twenty-seven percent of respondents indicated that the deep dive episodes were their favorite part of the podcast. That makes sense. For example, one respondent wrote, "Deep dives are my favorite." Kirk, you are the best source for providing a depth of psychological knowledge and content in super accessible medium and format. I so appreciate it. Uh, so, so that's interesting because, which is good because I. You know, you prob- put so much effort into right. that. Probably half the time I spend right. on this podcast is on those deep dives. So uh, so that's great. And it makes total sense. Like, do you listen to Dan Harmon? Dan Harmon? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Dan Harlan. <laughs> Wait. Wait. The the hardcore history guy. Oh. Um, I, isn't Dan Harmon the yeah, he's the guy, guy? Yeah, he's the guy who made Community. Yeah. Uh, Harlan, I think is anyway. Uh, no, hardcore, you've, told, you've told me about hardcore yeah. history. So hardcore history is this is this podcast where he does deep dives only, and he only releases like on average maybe one episode every six months. Wow! And when they come <laughs> so out, they're hardcore. <laughs> they're they're events. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're they're like seven hour episodes yeah. on like Julius Caesar that he researched for six months, <laughs> right? And recorded for six right. months. You know, so. 
So I get that, that yeah. people like deep dives. And I've because people have become patrons of the podcast over the past few years, it's given me that freedom to actually yeah. cut back on work and spend – I mean, I feel like I spend half my waking hours on deep dives now, right. you know, like right now I'm working on an attachment one and I, you know, spend probably half my day on those kinds of things right. because I can cut back on my work and actually spend the time on that. Uh, the next category of their favorite aspect of the podcast was that it's educational. Um, about 14% wrote that they learned something from the podcast. Uh, and the next one is that they like our chemistry, the chemistry between Kirk and Umberto. Nice. Um, and those those responses we'll discuss later because there's a section on on you. The, the next one is that they love how entertaining it is. For example, they wrote, it's educational, interesting, and entertaining. I like everything about the podcast. Another wrote, Kirk's interaction with co-hosts, especially Umberto, is entertaining. <laughs> Another person wrote, it it can just be funny as hell, they said. <laughs> uh, the next category. Yeah, is, it's, it's funny. Why do people assume hell would be so funny? <laughs> <laughs> or shit. Yeah. <laughs> or fuck. Yeah. Um, the next category is comments on me, which I'll get into later, or we already did. Um, the other is variety of topics, as we talked about before. So they say, I enjoy the range of topics, clinical stuff, current events, movie reviews, letters. It's, it's never too heavy, but is always very thorough. Another person wrote, the mixture of pop culture and clinical topics works well. Another person wrote, it's great, it's great to get in-depth info about psychological disorders, treatments, theories, etc., but also fun stuff like movies and email responses. Another person wrote, the wide variety of topics is my favorite part of the podcast. It almost never gets dull or repetitive. So that's actually great feedback for me. That is great, yeah. Because... There are so many things that I – because I always decide what we're going to do the podcast about. Yep. And there are so many things to do. Yeah. And over the years, I feel like the listeners have taught me what they respond to and what they like. And there's sort of a Venn diagram with what I want to do because there are probably a lot of things the listeners want me to do that I'm like, eh. Like yeah. a lot of people are asking me to comment a lot more on like serial killers and this kind of thing. And I feel like I've, I, we've done that enough and I feel like other podcasts do it pretty well. And maybe we'll do it occasionally, sure. but it just, there's something about that content that just feels sensationalized or something. Yeah, it's definitely, and it's way less applicable to our lives, you know? Yeah. And, and almost depressing in some way, you know? Very much. Yeah. Um, so it's still, I mean, like you said, it's interesting. We've done some of them. We're not against doing and more. We'll probably but, do more. Yeah. And honestly, we'd probably get a lot more hits if I did. I'm like, the most popular YouTube uh, episode by far is the one I did on the guy who shot up uh, yeah. uh, 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 the UCSB. Anyway, yeah. um, so uh, anyway, the point is, is that people really their favorite part of the podcast is this mix between you know I'll do yeah. ten hours on suicide. And there's not a joke in there, obviously. And it took me three months to research that. That would be career suicide. Yeah. And it's well-researched. It's scientific. It's clinical. You know, right. it's very – it's 10 hours of, you know, very clinical discussions. And then next episode, we're laughing about the new Star Wars movie or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
and I, it's always kind of a guess as to like, well, I hope this is good content. Yeah. And so it's great to get that feedback. That is great. Um, the next group, their favorite part of the podcast is Umberto himself. <gasps> 10% said their favorite part of the podcast is Umberto. I, I did send out some incentives ahead of time for the respondents to uh, think yeah. about it. Or you filled it out 10 times. <laughs> I filled it out. Uh, um, uh, the next is my knowledge and teaching style. The next is my empathy and non-judgment. And the next is the topics, which I guess is similar to the variety of topics. But a lot of people uh, said the favorite part of the podcast is definitely the topics covered even when they are not directly psychologically related, they are informative and fun. Nice. So again, that's, that's great feedback to get. Uh, least favorite part of the podcast, what do you think? Oh, least favorite? Yeah. What, what do you think the most common response was to that? Oh, that's puzzling. Let's see. The least favorite might be... Uh, oh. Well, let, let's take a break. Oh, then, I know. I know let's what Let's take a break. Okay. When we get okay. back, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. What do you say, Bruno? Let's do it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a new year, so of course it's time for New Year's resolutions. But often, those are just manifestations of internalized harmful voices, voices that tell us we're not good enough. So instead of making a resolution to change something, let's recognize that we are already good enough. Now, most people think of therapy as a place for us to work on our problems. But there are several schools of thought within the field of psychotherapy that adamantly reject that paradigm, like narrative therapy and solution-focused. Instead, these clinicians help us focus on what we're already doing well. And by helping us do that, data shows that we often will gravitate towards more beneficial patterns. Well, one place you can find such therapists is on BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, it's definitely worth giving a try. So, celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Kirk today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Kirk. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't already become a patron, do so now. Go to patreon.com. Uh, because that is what gives us the wind beneath our wings. So, Berto, what do you think is the most common response to when I asked survey respondents what their least favorite part of the podcast was? Based on prior like comments and things like that, I'd say uh, when we start on one thing and we veer wildly off topic. So that is number six or tied for four or five. Uh, the most common response was no response. Oh. Which is actually, like, so a third of people just oh. just didn't even respond. Well, that's good. So, like, 100 people-ish. I would have of, never guessed that. Out one. of 300 just just didn't respond at all. Because, yeah. Presumably because they couldn't think of anything. You know, you, they, you, they answered yeah. the question just before. They answered the question just after. Right. But not this one. The second response was that nothing... They didn't have anything. What? Yeah. Okay. Who are these people? That, that was another. That was another <laughs> third. Like the nicest. 
listeners. I know they are. Like, for instance, they one person said, as of now, this is my idea of the perfect psychology podcast. Oh. That's quite a statement, you know. That I don't know if you want to encourage us in that way, but Esto me toca a, el corazón. An, another person wrote, "I have nothing bad to say about the podcast. I just wish there were there was an episode every day." Whoa. Um, so, Whoa. Uh, another person wrote, uh, "Nothing really. Some episodes do not interest me as much, but not a good reason to say the podcast is bad. This is my favorite podcast!" Exclamation point. So. Two thirds of people either didn't respond or just said no. You yeah. know, there's I can't really think of anything. Should so, I start doing more special effects like da 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 dingo and the baby? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought about having drops, like getting a getting a, a little soundboard, a, a little soundboard. You know, just with some simple ones. You know, just like a <laughs> yeah, like a little rim shot. Um, you know what's funny about the quote unquote rim shot is there's no rim shot in the rim shot. Right, that's true. <laughs> it's a snare. It, well, it's a snare hi-hat. I yeah. Think. Anyway. Um, so, the ne- the, so the next thing was, so you got, a two th- you got one third that says no response. You got another third that says nothing all good. And you have 5% that say uh, political talk. Oh, yeah. Okay. I could see that because that's so touchy, I guess. So one respondent wrote, my least favorite moments during the podcast are times when the conversation and or topic becomes blatantly politically driven. Those must be Trump supporters that said that. (laughs) Actually, I have those data and that's not, I mean, we'll get to that later, but I kid, but actually I think all these responses were from liberals. Okay. Another person wrote, Although the political discussions can be interesting, at times it can become divisive and reinforce the divisive mindset that seems to be present in society. Another person wrote, when the podcast starts to get political, I just turn it off. Oh, wow. So we'll get more into the politics later, because I actually asked more specific questions about that. But, uh, but let's move on. The next least favorite part of the podcast, which ties for political talk with 5% of people mentioning, is movie talk. What? They don't like the movies? So we'll get into this later, but like there are, there's a small percentage, 5%, who really just don't like it when we talk about movies or TV shows. Okay. But there's more than that who love it. Who love it. Okay. So, it's, so the, the, the thing I say about this is that we don't do it very often, really. And when we do, again, the episode is clearly labeled. Yeah. So you can skip that one. No big deal. I mean, some people, we're going to do it later too, but some people don't like the movie talk because they don't watch movies. They're, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's funny to think about you and me, but given how many movies and TV shows we are, we're at least aware of, yeah. that some people just they never go to the movies. They just don't care. Yeah. They, and they don't watch movies at home. Yeah. They just don't care. <laughs> I mean, like there are people who, adults, you know, who have never seen Star Wars, for example. Right. And they're just not interested. And and that's fine, but it, you could imagine. If I mean, we, it's not fine, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> if we did an episode or a series of episodes about a movie, for example, they would be like, "I have no interest in listening." Right. Um, or they really want us to go into clinical things because some see. people are solely interested in clinical things, which is fine. And there's, a, I think, given the feedback from the survey. You know, I'll kind of adjust slightly a little bit, maybe a little bit more clinical, but... Like, what's the psychological diagnosis about Raylo supporters? Exactly. 
which actually, you know, maybe they would uh, <laughs> like that. But uh, so, for example, they wrote, I sometimes feel left out when you guys talk about movies I didn't watch. Another person said, I'm not, I'm not into movie reviews, but I can deal with it. Another mm-hmm. person wrote um, that they're these uh, the, the most frivolous content like TV shows. Another person wrote, I haven't enjoyed the movie reviews, but there's enough content produced that I simply skip over episodes I'm not into. It's not a big deal. I'm going to start a spinoff show on YouTube, just deep dives on movies. Yeah, well, that's not For a bad idea. all our patrons. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> um, the next were 4% said they had trouble with access to the archive. Because, oh. you know, so, and we'll get into this. This is the, this but, is the. So maybe we should just kind of elaborate on this. The situation right now, the way I would describe it in early 2019 is the tech industry has essentially ignored podcasting. Yeah. There are simple solutions to so many problems for podcasters and podcast listeners that are simply not being looked at by anyone. Yeah. And it is bizarre. Uh, It'll change. I'm convinced that if capitalism works the way that it will uh, in 20 years, it will be, you know, a hundred times more convenient, you know, podcasting or whatever form that kind of situation is going to be in the future. Um, We're in a transition zone right now where there are some solutions emerging, but no quintessential all-encompassing you know solution that the the analogy that i have to it is uh in the i don't know or particularly in the late 90s maybe early aughts maybe throughout the aughts if you wanted to design your own website it was kind of a hassle oh totally you know you had you had to know someone who knew html or some other uh, some other software that that translated into <laughs> well, HTML. If you rewind uh, enough, you had to set up your own server, <laughs> right? You had to you had to house, and that yeah. mid aughts, I think a lot yeah. of people their website was literally on their on their computer on their desktop That's computer right. at home. You would hear about some small website crashing yeah. because because someone had you know didn't have enough bandwidth That's at their right. home home computer. So now. With Squarespace and Wix and other products like that, making a website is Trivial. so easy. Yeah. It's like it's like easier than than designing your Facebook page. I mean, sometimes when I'm trying to design my Facebook page or I'm trying to like right. change, it's hard. Like yeah. Squarespace, because I use that all the time. So it's easy. easy. So right now we're in you know the early aughts when it comes to podcasting, where the marketers have not caught up to the yeah. demand. Well, so so I was thinking about this a lot recently because you you've been talking about this to me, and my analysis is like you know there's no YouTube for podcasts, right? Uh, but companies like you know or you know I say like products like YouTube are in a perfect position to try to solve it, right? Because like people that that upload to YouTube, they have good tooling, they have good metrics, statistics, they have everyone can comment on your YouTube videos. And like you can share them easily, right? So people that have YouTube channels, they they generally get good tools so that they can share that content broadly and all these things. But with podcasts, you, of course, we upload to YouTube, but it's not known as a podcasting hub. Right. So you, and you can't listen to YouTube channels the same way on iTunes or something like that, you know? Right. And 
but but it could work similarly where I upload my episodes to this thing that keeps track of all of them. It has commenting enabled on all of them. It has got all the same kind of facilities. And, uh, and you know, and uh, YouTube supports uh, the idea of premium content too, you know. So right. anyways, like that's the point. Video evolved way past where audio went. And I've been on that journey with YouTube because yeah. I started uploading to YouTube, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. Yeah. And I, at the beginning... YouTube did not allow videos for regular people that were over 10 or 20 minutes. Right. So I had to break up all their I remember. Yeah. episodes into parts, which was a massive pain in the it ass. It was annoying, yeah. I remember watching or hearing them and like, having to like click, click, click. So what I did is I went with Vimeo because Vimeo actually allowed longer episodes. Right. And then when YouTube changed, then I went back to YouTube. And so it's a similar thing. It's like... Yeah. Demand and technology and investment and noticing customer needs and you know rolling out new functions. Uh, podcasting is at is is still in my estimation basically in the dark ages. So what that results in is that a lot of people who listen to the pod or everyone who listens to the podcast on their phone only has easy access to the most recent episodes. Yeah, probably in the last year and a half. Because if you think. Because typically the max is like 300 episodes. Yeah. Even though some epi- some podcasts that I know of have more than 300 episodes on their podcast, and it's like I don't get how that works. Through the same apps? I think so. But oh. anyway, okay. the, the point is, is that the um, – uh, so what that means is like 300 episodes. Well, if you do three a week – uh, f- that's about 150 episodes a year. Yeah. So the, it only goes back two years. We've been making episodes for 10 years. Yeah. So, and some of the best episodes or some of the most sought out episodes, particularly by some individuals, are before that time. Yeah. So it's very difficult for people. Um, plus, Patreon, the app, it's because a lot of people listen on the Patreon app okay. too. And that app, that app is not set up for. Like, for for archive episodes, I see. It's it's set up to watch the most recent few. I see. You know, people have to scroll. I mean, people that wrote in and they'll be like, "Yeah, I scrolled down. It took me like thirty five minutes to scroll down." Ah, oh. yeah. Because Patreon is not it's not set up for that. Oh my god. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. H- how are we living in that world where someone can't just type in the word and instantly have that episode popped up? Um, the well, the website yeah. is the best place to go, by the way, people, yeah. um, which we'll get into later. But anyway, uh, so when asked their least favorite part of the podcast, about 4% were like saying things like, at times it's difficult to access the older feeds. There are some topics I want to search for, but haven't, but haven't as it's a hassle. I also hate when the password changes, but understand the need for it. Yeah. Another person wrote, I wish there was a better search button for finding podcast shows or topics, especially old podcasts that I don't load, that don't load on the Apple podcast app anymore. Yeah. Um, so the, the, we, Umberto and I are working on a solution to this where the, the solution at this point, which will likely not be needed in the future, is a dedicated app just to this podcast. So we're looking into options for that and functionality. Uh, I, I polled everyone on Facebook and on Patreon, and about 75 to 80% of people – so I asked the question, would you be interested in an app I see. If, 
even if it didn't have the Patreon Patreon episodes, because that because at that point I was yeah. looking at an app that didn't allow premium content. I was just like, you know, would you still be interested in it? And like seventy five, eighty percent of people are like, yeah, that sounds great because because they'd have access to eight hundred plus episodes, right? So in one spot, every episode would be on their phone, right? So one one solution that I'm thinking about moving forward, and listeners out there, let me know what you think, and Berta, let me know what you think, is it's po- it's likely it's probable that whatever app we find will not support premium content, meaning that there's a paywall or a password protected zone that only that has episodes beyond that wall. Right? Uh-huh. Is that is that your understanding? Well, depending on which solution we go with, that could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking that we would do uh, a very simple, elegant solution. Is that you know there'd be one feed that would be on this app that would have every episode that would be all the free episodes. Mm -hmm. Then there would be another place that would only have those premium episodes and would have no other episodes. So that way you could, you know, because we don't have 300 plus premium episodes. There's like, I don't know, a hundred or something. So we have a lot of room there to grow. And, and, And it would be a place where you could find those critical episodes that people are looking for. You right. know, a lot of people are looking for that particular episode. And so it's like you, you know for in all likelihood it's in that premium zone. Um, the problem with that is that uh, patrons would to non – like this is a non-premium episode, has ads in it, you know. Yeah. And so the patrons would have to sit through ads or, you know, would have to – Fast forward through ads is a yeah. better way of putting it. What do you think about that, Bruno? Yeah, that seems like unideal, but it could be a short, short-term kind of workaround so that people can access all of them. Uh, my hope is we can land on a on a situation where if you're a patron, you don't have to deal with the ads, but get access to all of it. So the app might have that functionality. I think so. Okay. Um. So let's let's shoot for that. Yeah. Um, so more on that as time comes and the, the next category, 4% of people said what you said, Berto, which is casual chit chat is the category I have. I see. They didn't like that. So one person wrote, sometimes I feel like the casual chit chat goes on longer than I'd like, but that's a very minor thing. And for the most part, it gives the podcast personality. Another person wrote, it can get rambly at times. I love tangential learning, but the rambles can get a little long, which I think takes away from the topic at hand and makes it a bit and, and makes it a bit get to the point frustrating <laughs> occasionally. Unless it's ranty, then I like it. By the way, I love the podcast. <laughs> um, you know, this reminds me of a story about yeah. the grass. Another the person wrote, I don't care for much for the episodes that seem like it's just Kirk and Umberto hanging out. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of episodes where it's like that. I mean, you you always hang out with me. That's what we're doing. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, like, so it is hard to distinguish. Some of them are maybe more random, right? Like some of them you have a more directed topic yeah. at hand. Well, honestly, what I think, right, I think what this is referring to are much older episodes. Because okay. if people are going back into the archive... Then and sometimes I'll post reruns. Okay, about half the episodes four years ago 
were you, me, and Mandy, or just you, sure. me, just you and me hanging out doing tougher bluffs? Blah, I blah, guess, blah. I guess so. But at, what's weird is the way I remember it, and it's probably just because it's all blurred together now. That we used to do a lot more episodes where you would have these sections, you know, like okay. Now we're going to talk about this topic and you'd like read some of the literature and then you'd ask me questions and then we'd go to the next. Like they seemed a lot more structured. Right. But I don't know. Right. So I I personally think that we don't babble that much. And um, I, especially when you compare us to other podcasts, I mean, there there are podcasts that I semi like and and I'm just like, I don't want to hear about what you had for breakfast. You know, yeah. it's, it's just not interesting to me. I think that I rarely sit there and just sort of say word after word with potentially little destination or words and never really rarely. I had um, ravioli for breakfast, actually. <laughs> um, so... So, but just to go over all the responses, so the the next group of responses were like five or less people said it. Um, uh, heated debates. Uh, I they don't to, like the heated debates? I had to say this, but yeah, they don't like it. Oh. I had to say this, but five people said they didn't like you. In heated debates. No, they didn't like oh, you Oh, they at all. just didn't like me. Yeah. Okay. Their least favorite part of the podcast was was you. All right. Well, I'm I'm surprised it's only five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another five people said they didn't like it when I dismiss you. Oh, so that's the the, the protectors of the Bardo. Yeah, um, we, I, we you know we've talked about this before um, because people have written in, and or at least one person wrote in or something, and it's absolutely true. I recognize it. Um, there's there's a number of different excuses I can come up with as to why I would dismiss Umberto. Just to make it right, but... I, I feel like this is such an old problem that happened a few times and then you correct it and it hasn't really happened. Well, that's nice to hear. Um, but let me give some excuses. I went... So it's hard for listeners to see this, but when Umberto and I sit down to record, it's at my house. So sometimes I'm worrying about my cat. I'm worrying about my dog. Um, so, you know, those can be distractions on my mind, uh, meaning that Umberto doesn't have to worry about those things. Um, I'm recording it. I'm monitoring. I'm my own producer. You know, I'm my own timekeeper. I have a, I have my computer screen is a giant computer screen that Umberto can attest to. I mean, do you know anyone who has a computer screen bigger than this one? Mine's bigger. (laughs) Oh, it is. (laughs) And, but that's because I'm ridiculous. And I, so I'm recording it. I'm, you know, sometimes I lose audio, uh, and so I have to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. I have notes in front of me. I have a timer. I, during the breaks, I have to figure out what we're going to say when we're coming out of the break. I have, I have to figure out how to introduce topics. I have to figure out how to keep us on topic. I had to figure out how to keep the arc. Like right now, we're at the 50-minute mark. Right. And I feel like we're going a little long. Yeah, I'm falling asleep over here. <laughs> and, whereas you, Berto, all you have to do is be in the moment. That's right. So you just react, and which is great. But I have so many other things in my mind other than listen to Umberto right. or value Umberto's opinion or something. And sometimes when something is happening that, you know, for example, it's not always this situation, but... Umberto and I will be in a debate about something that will be interesting to me. Or heated. Which, which in a, under normal circumstances, if we weren't recording, I would just, 
I would just yes and that or no but that until it just sure. pe- petered out. But I'm thinking about the listeners. I'm thinking about the time. I'm thinking about your time because right. you, you got to go home at some point. And so sometimes I'm trying to end a conversation. I'm trying to end a, a, a debate or a line of thinking. And I will not even be listening to what you're saying because I'm paying attention to some other aspect of the production of the podcast. Right. And I just look at you and I go, anyway, let's right. move on. Right. And to the listeners, I'm guessing there, it's just like, my God, Kirk just completely, <laughs> he like completely. I mean, I do notice those, but to me, I know that that's like, let's end this segment. Let's but imagine if you're a listener, right. it, would, uh, it would look like I'm just not listening or I'm just blowing you off and... That's not my intention. Sure. I will also say there are times when I'm literally angry at you <laughs> and or hurt by you or something and and I retaliate by by dismissing you, you know what I mean? Okay, that I haven't noticed. Because when you've been when we've been in a heated debate, I feel like at most whatever happens is like you rein, rein it back in by saying like we've we've gone way off topic or or I don't know like well I'm <clears> glad you don't notice it I notice it I notice I'm angry or hurt and I mean well, I've noticed you're angry or hurt but I just haven't noticed you like dismissing me as a result oh like it's more like like if you, I mean there's been a few times where I guess I've seen like okay this really made Kirk uncomfortable and I see I see that he's moving away from this topic right. But which know. which to listeners could appear as if I'm dismissing. No, it could not. <laughs> yeah. Because it's rare when we get going down a road like that. Yeah. Uh, the style of conversation that that you like when you're talking about the woman at the bar. Right. I can totally picture that conversation in my mind. <laughs> There's a certain uh, type of person who, when they engage with you, it will never stop. Yeah. Because there are counterpoints to counterpoints to counterpoints to counterpoints to counterpoints. And there's never a point where you and Berto say, huh, well, maybe you're right. Or, or, "Eh, you know, let's agree to disagree. Like you never do that. You just keep counterpointing. You know, it's just this rolling counterpoint, (laughs) which is fine and great. It's a branching sequence too, because I'm trying to make a point. uh, This person might, veer off so i followed down that rabbit hole but know that i need to get back to this point right <laughs> exactly and you know it's a enjoyable experience you right. know for the most part um but for me uh i i'm i'm in your direction but i'm not as much like that like right. i i, I I'm, I don't enjoy it as I don't revel in it as you much pull as, the plug sooner <laughs> yeah and so sometimes i'm just like um i Guess let's move on. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. I don't, and I'm I'm not graceful in terms of having a way of, uh, you know, like I've thought about. I should probably say something like, "Well, Berto, I totally get what you're saying. We're running out of time. Yeah. I, I apologize. Let's move forward." I think if I said something like that, it would help. seem less disruptive yeah. or something. The like. other thing that I hope the listeners are realizing now, given your response, you're just like, "I don't know. I don't feel like you do that anymore." Um, is that Umberto and I off? microphone and to a lesser extent on on microphone we argue all the time and it's totally (laughs) fine yeah like the amount of times we've disrespected each other in a conversation you know it's like it people get uncomfortable with it but to us it's just talking yeah you know that's right so i think you know some people get 
get worried. Having said that, I think you're nice about your response to me now. I think it is a problem that I've done, and I've tried, and I'll probably make a mistake again, but, you know, it's on my mind, believe me. It, it always has been on my mind. I, I guess ultimately what I what I'd conclude with from my perspective is we've done how many hours of talking? So, I mean, I've gotten in more fights with other friends that I don't podcast with, right? right. So, like, if a few times you were rude or whatever, it's like, all right. And I'm sure I said some shitty things many times. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> and that's what I said, just to get real, about you years ago when we got... Because we, we've been friends for, you know, what, since 05 or something? So oh, yeah. Like 13 or maybe 06. 06, yeah. And outside of, outside, of the podca- yeah, outside of the podcast, we've had some massive arguments, right. you know? I can think of three off the top of my... Four off the top of my head. Oh, I... And, three, <laughs> and uh, well, there was the time in Vancouver. Yes. There was the time in my car as yes. I was dropping you off. There was and then t- there's the politics time. And there was a time in my condo. In Seattle, yeah. And then, the oh, there was, there was another time early when we were at, um, we were at not uh, the, uh, that place where Shun yelled at the. Um, oh, yeah. At uh, the, okay, that Mars bar. Mars bar. It oh, was, did we get in an argument? Yeah, or like first six months we knew each other or something. Like what? you, like you met me there or something. Oh, but not that night. No. Oh, a different night. Like around that time. Oh, weird. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Do you remember what the what the argument? Was? I don't. I don't. Okay, but I remember it was. It wasn't as bad as the other three, yeah. but it was. It wasn't great. That's surprising. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, but I mean, we're talking about. I used only one hand so far for all these instances. Well, but for most of. for most people, and I contemplated. Maybe you did too. Yeah. After some of those fights, I was like, "Well, I guess we're not friends anymore." I guess so. Sure. You know, it's like, well, how, I, you know, I, we're not going to recover from that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I made a choice uh, that I, uh, you know loved you enough that it would completely counterbalance any right. occasional issue like that. You know, the, cause I, I kind of said to myself, well, it's like if everyone I love, I run away from when I have a problem with them, I'll right. be alone for the rest of my life. That's fair. <laughs> and, and, and I just sort of weighed the pros and the cons and, and, you know, and it's like, the fights that we had, if you really think about them, were you know really kind of dumb fights. They weren't like fundamental issues to our personality. Not fundamental, but at least one was was important enough. The, the other ones were not important. Which one was important? I think the car one. Interesting. And not because it's almost not because of what it was. It was sort of a turning point in. In my understanding of of my relationship to to you and others, and it was also, I think, a turning point for our relationship. Interesting. And, but you know, like a lot of the other stuff was. But that one, we didn't really talk closely after that fight for a long time. Right. That that's why I'm saying that one was sort of like the the harder one. Are you saying you understand my position? It kind of sounds like you're saying that, or am I just being your position from that time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, of course. Oh, okay. But I'm also saying that that like uh, 
that one to me was the most because uh, like okay so like the one in in your condo about politics it's like i still i still would probably say the same exact things and hold my same exact positions as I did that night. And if we again got to a standstill, it would still be annoying. But that to me doesn't matter that much. Well, that one was lesser. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, we, we made up on that one like an hour. I texted you like an hour later. Or right. Something. And if I'm not wrong, Vancouver was a side effect of the car. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So it's like, okay, so those are aftershocks, right? Okay. Uh, and then this other one, I don't even remember, but fine. Yeah. So the, to me, the meaningful one was the, the whole circumstances around the car. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, we were fighting about whether Ford or Chevy was. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, um, to the listeners, if it gets a little heated, um, We've been down hotter, baby. Yeah. Understand, we're in a safe zone. Everything's fine. Um, two, if Umberto and I are going to get in meaningful debates, there's going to be consequences sometimes. And so, you know, if I if we completely avoided, like, the plague, any kind of disagreement that would lead to bad feelings, I think it would make a worse podcast. Yeah. Um. I thought you were going to make a joke and disagree with me in that moment. No, I'm I'm taking this one serious. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. Another five people didn't like it when Kirk did not get to the point. <laughs> which 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 honestly I get. I mean like there are time I, again I want to explain this one too. So <laughs> I am positive every listener has been like, "Okay, Kirk, get to the point." And let me explain uh, why it's hard for me. I am speaking uh, a a string of thoughts, you know, like I'm yeah. at the point now where I don't edit very much anymore because if I spend as much time editing as I did in the past, I wouldn't be able to make as much content. Of course. Like in the past, I would edit the editing process of an episode would take I remember counting something like 10 hours for every hour I recorded. Yeah. Especially when I had like five people to edit, you know what I mean? And so that would really not be a good use of my time. So I so the so I could edit everything, you know, and yeah. really kind of eliminate when I'm uh, over talking or even just pull out whole sections, um, which I occasionally do if I go off the rails. Um, but I don't, uh, mostly because I've gotten to the skill zone where I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. In the beginning, like that, just was not possible. The other thing is, is that. If I am doing an episode, even with Umberto, I am following my notes. I, there's no effing way I could do an entire episode on a, a detailed psychological topic without having notes in front of me. Right. Uh, there are some topics I know so well I could, but that's pretty rare. Plus, I have notes to keep me on track. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of actually fascinated by that comment because my impression is that only with a few exceptions, uh, you usually have planned out where you're starting, where you're going. In fact, so many times I bring stuff up and you're like, ah, we, in fact, we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So maybe I wonder if it's one way to phrase it is get to the point. But another way to phrase it is like, oh, you know what you've done recently that maybe addresses some of this? I can't speak for them directly. But you know how in some of the recent episodes you open with your thesis 
and yeah. then we go through that might be different because it didn't always used to be that way right we'd like right. go through the episode and at the end you'd be like so in summary i think blah more recently you've said here is my thesis blah and then we go and talk about it. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of it, because otherwise I feel like you're always well-organized and leading in a certain direction. Well, again, you're being nice. But uh, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like... No, you're... you're I listen to... So I, I, I listen to hundreds of hours a week of, of stuff online yeah. that is way less organized. Totally. And, and so that's why only five out of 300 people yeah. mentioned this, and they weren't being jerks about it. Um, but... Uh, but of the episodes that so I don't listen to every episode of yeah. ours uh, but occasionally I will and there are some times where I'm yelling at my phone telling myself oh, okay. to, to get to the goddamn point that's fair um, and, and I, maybe I'm not maybe I'm biased <laughs> yeah uh, the other thing is is that sometimes when I get into my notes so I I'm looking at my notes and I'm talking mm-hmm. so it's a it's a it's like trying to pat your tummy and, and rub your head <laughs> at the same time or whatever right it, it it's uh, you know hard to do, and so sometimes a you know a sentence will I'll read it you know because I'm reading it subconsciously right I'm not like reading it out loud and I'll, I'll see a note and I'll and I'll start kind of talking on that point right and then you know there'll be ten fifteen twenty more points and then another point will come up in my notes that will be the exact thing I said above. Because I thought I was supposed to say it above. Oh, but, right, right, But right. here it fits better. So then I repeat it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, and so it – because it has to be kind of free associative talk while I'm looking at notes. And sometimes I get tripped up and repeat things and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> five people said they didn't like non-psychological topics. Uh, five people said the podcast is too long sometimes, which I totally get. Um, four people said they didn't like tougher bluffs. Tougher bluffs are not liked by, on average, by by the listeners. We'll get it more. That we haven't about. done tougher bluffs in a while, right? So I so even the fact that people would mention tougher bluffs means to me they're listening to the archive. Yeah, because if you listen to episodes from five years ago, probably every other episode tougher, did yeah. some section of tougher bluffs, and some yeah. episodes that's all we did. Yeah, because back then I was much I was working much more hours. I had no time to prep for the podcast, but I wanted yeah. to release episodes. And, and so, you know, you and Mandy would show up at my house and I'd be like, uh, I guess we'll look at my list of tougher bluffs right. or, or we'll just make them up on the fly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get that you wouldn't like that. Three people didn't like the advertisements. Uh, sorry about that. Three people didn't like the patron shout outs, which I find to be interesting. Uh, so if we ever do shout outs, I'm, I'm going to do it at the end. So I can say, okay, okay we're done with the content. Now we're going to, because some people love the patron shout outs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, two people didn't like announcing bad credit cards. <laughs> uh, I had a feeling someone might not like that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope people understand that I'm, I'm joking. Like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, you have a credit card that, you, like, I just lost my credit card and, right. and asked, for, one, yeah. asked for a new one. And so... I'm running into that problem where some websites are saying your your credit card doesn't work anymore. Yeah. There's nothing shameful about that. I'm I was joking. There's I, my my our humor is sometimes over the top, right? And like announce their credit score kind of bad, right? <laughs> which I which you know of course we wouldn't do, but um, but I hope people understand that I am joking. I you know I, it's like I'm 
anyway, someone actually emailed recently and said they were really hurt about something that I said that was along these lines. Oh, I said um, in a recent episode, maybe, I don't know, a month ago, I said that, um, so Umberto, you and I have been rambling this entire episode, you know, Uh or in that direction. And I said, and I know from the survey that some people didn't like it when we ramble. And to you people, I just say, suck a bag of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I, I, you forwarded me that email. That oh, was right. touching. <laughs> right. And, and one person wrote a long email about yeah. how disrespected they felt yeah. because I should care more about what the listeners think. Especially because that person described that they used to feel that way when they first started listening to the podcast because they didn't know us. And so they were, and they made sort of a good point, right? Like, just like with anyone else in life, you don't like meet someone and instant, well, sometimes you might, but most often you, you don't meet someone and instantaneously you like love or hate them or know everything about them, right? Like it's a process. You, you have to talk to them, meet them a few times. So it's, it's similar with us. If someone discovers a podcast and immediately the episode they're listening to is like some ran- two random dudes sending random statements about random stuff. That could be a turnoff. Totally. And that's why I barely ever do that. Right. But once you get to know us, then you kind of crave the ramble. <laughs> you know you love it. <laughs> uh, but it, there is no way I want to disrespect people who don't like those episodes. You know right. what I mean? And, uh, but I get that some people wouldn't get that sense of humor. You know right. what I mean? That they would think, wow, Kirk, you're being pretty hostile towards people. I have zero hostility to people who don't like rambly episodes. I, I get it. One, because I get it. Two, of the podcasts that I hate, uh, like I recently was looking, I'm, I'm really trying to find a good movie review podcast. Uh-huh. Just like all they do. And so I, you know, looked online top 10 movie review podcasts and i subscribed to all 10 of them I'm oh gonna, wow i'm gonna try all 10 of them and see how Jeez. they do hardcore all of them started off rambly okay and i was like done done like i, I you know if i get five minutes if you don't get to the point within five minutes of the episode like i don't I, i'm unsubscribing completely i'm not even wow. gonna give other episodes a chance <laughs> you're harsh so so i get it you know what i mean um so I listen to movie reviews on YouTube and they are by nature more to the point right. because they try to do shorter videos. Right. And, and there's this thing that bothers me. You know, I apologize mm-hmm. to anyone out there who's like who is doing this kind of podcast. There's this there's this there's a lot of people who listen to podcasts and they love a podcast like Joe Rogan or something. Right. And they're like, Hey, me and my friends talk. So let's get some microphones and we'll be famous, you know, and, and they, and they just randomly jab into the microphone and think that it's going to be compelling content. And to me, it often is not, do you know what I mean? And so, uh, so anyway, I, I get that one and, and two, I, I'm mortified that anyone would think that when I said suck a bag of dicks or whatever I said, that you meant it literally. That I meant, well, not literally, but I meant it as a <laughs> as a literal, like, hostile statement to people. Like, that was not my intent. And, uh, and you know, I probably should not make such, quote, unquote, jokes to strangers. You know, I do this at, at school all the time. As a professor, 
I'm one of those professors that, you know, says stuff like that as, you know, I'll be in front of class <laughs> and I'll just be like, I'll say something like suck a bag of dicks or something. Uh, because that's how I talk with everyone in my life, right? And and every and everyone else talks like that too. Yeah, just daily to everyone you know, you say to suck a bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's how I say hello. You know, my neighbors. You know, hey, you Kirk, yeah, suck a bag of dicks. <laughs> but the um, the problem with that is that most people don't have that sense of humor, right? And or at the very least, they're not sure what's. They might have that sense of humor, but they're like, wait, what? Like, I don't know this guy. Like, what's happening right here? They don't realize that in your country, it's considered magic. <laughs> yeah, and so I have a problem with that. Uh, in a similar way that I have a problem with swearing in context that I probably shouldn't swear right. as often. You know. Anyway, uh, two people said they didn't like random episodes. Two people that said they didn't like reruns. Um, I, I want to explain the reruns thing just briefly. The only reason why I was posting reruns is because some of our most popular episodes had fallen off that 300 limit. Ah, I see. You're limit. trying to bubble them up. So I was trying to bump them to the front so that people would have access to these really popular episodes. Um, I, I'm not interested in, you know, posting reruns. We should do clip shows. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> do you remember when we... And then we fade into... <laughs> Um, well, that was a stinky situation. <laughs> one person said they didn't like when we bash Christianity, which I'm trying to think of a time when I, I, I don't think I bash Christianity. Yeah, why would we bash Christians? They've been bashing themselves for 2,000 years. Ba-boom. Uh, one person said they didn't like evolutionary psychology. One person said they didn't like the experts. One person said they didn't like the... I- Diagnose Trump with narcissistic personality disorder episode. Uh, another person said they wanted more co-hosts. Uh, one person said there wasn't enough swag, and another person said they didn't like the professional episodes. They they yeah. wanted uh, more uh, applicable to episodes to non-clinicians. You know, for more co-hosts, I could just start doing different voices. You know, like we could just you know, here's yeah. Morty. Yeah, that's compelling content. Um, so I asked uh, people why they would cancel their Patreon subscription among those who were patrons. And the vast – so even though I sent this survey out to patrons, YouTube, and Facebook, something like 95% of the people who responded were patrons. Yeah. Uh, so I asked people why you would cancel. What do you think the most common response was? Why they would cancel? Um because they can't, they don't have the finances. You know, they run into. So that financial. was number three. Okay. Uh, number one was no answer. Again, okay. Uh, about a third was just like I wouldn't cancel. I'm not. Well, I'm not going to answer. Okay. It, it, it's, it's unclear what that means. Twenty okay. percent uh, said they wouldn't. Oh. Um, they said nice. I can't think of a good reason to cancel. That, you know those kinds of responses. And then the next response, twenty percent said finances. Yeah. Financial hardship. Uh, what do you think the next one was? Um, if they stopped, if we stopped producing high quality content or something. Uh, excellent. Yeah. 17% said things like if the topic stopped being interesting to me. Um, and then what do you think the next one was? It was a distant. Um, if, if we start doing too many movies, (laughs) uh, no politics. Oh, politics. Right. That was the other. So, uh, the content uh, I would cancel if the content veered too much into politics and less about actual theoretical or empirical psychology, um, blah, 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 So, which I guess. That must have been a Russian bot. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into host things here. Um, uh, the When people were asked about their satisfaction with me, 
uh, 91% said they were very satisfied with me, mm-hmm. and, nine, and 9% said they were somewhat satisfied with me. Uh, so like you were somewhat satisfied. Yeah. The, <laughs> there was a change from two years ago when we did the survey that there are uh, – there's fewer – uh, there's a lower rate of people being very satisfied with me. Really? You had more very satisfied? I had 96. I mean, that's a high percentage. And this time I had 91. Um, can, can you think of why there'd be less, fewer you people? Have more listen- you have more people. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, one, that's the statistical answer, right? Yeah. Because it's like... Um, I mean, if you, got, if you got a billion people, you're not going to be at 94 or 92, right? Right. Because of a wider plurality of of opinions and yeah. sentiments and and dispositions um also as you um uh t- t- well so what i would speculate is that i've become more random is one word i'd put to it i've, I've become more free i guess in the yeah. past two years i would say i've become progressively more opinionated in some ways sure and i wonder if some of the things i say Actually, that is true if I think back to Old Kirk. Old Kirk was more like a late-night host. Hi. Oh, well, that's interesting, Mandy, but we really should move on. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. More Modern Honda is more like the late, late-night host. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, so there's that. Um, and people said a lot of nice things about me, which is nice. Oh, so about swearing, which I, I should have asked a specific question about swearing because uh-huh. um, I actually am curious because some people have said they like the swearing. Some people have said they didn't like the swearing. And on the survey, it was the same thing. One person wrote, adore the F-bombs. Oh. Um, no one mentioned the swearing, so I'm guessing that's you know like in the least favorite part of the podcast. Right. No one mentioned swearing, so I'm guessing it's not that big of a deal. But I know there's some of you out there who don't like or want the swearing to be limited anyway, which I'm trying to do. We're fucking trying over here. There were some people who commented on me ranting. And, for example, one person wrote, Kirk does so much research and really knows all the angles. I like I like that even though he often has a strong opinion or rants. Hmm. He also seems to see the other side of things even if he doesn't like it. Yeah. Another person wrote, I love the rants, maybe even most of all. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. Right? Another person wrote uh, that they canceled their Patreon subscription because it felt like there was more ranting about stuff. Oh, so the opposite. Yeah. So Weird. the ranting can go either way, it seems. Yeah. Um, and then... Again, people are mentioning that I was uh, dismissing you. Uh, I, I didn't read those responses, so let me read them. <laughs> you dismissed them. <laughs> Kirk can be quite dismissive of Umberto, and that doesn't come across well. I agree. Kirk can be a bit dismissive of, of Umberto, which is fine if Berto doesn't mind. I just tend to cringe. Mm. Another wrote, I would say you can also be a little too dismissive of and patient with Umberto at times. <sighs> Everyone uses that dismissive word, so yeah. maybe there is something to it. Yeah. Uh, and I know you stated you're aware of this, but just a friendly reminder. Um, okay. So, Umberto, what, do you th- how many, uh, what percentage of people were very satisfied, somewhat satisfied, and below? What do you think? 110%. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, I'm just going to go 90%. 
Um, Go for broke. Very satisfied? Yeah. No, it's lower than that. Uh. <laughs> Uh, all right, then I'll go 60%. Uh, more, higher. Okay, uh, 75%. 68. 68%. So 68% were very satisfied. That's much lower than your numbers. <laughs> but it's higher than two years ago. Oh, well, that's an So you went from 64 to 68. Okay. Which I could see, honestly. Trending. Trending. I feel like I feel like in the past couple of years, you've definitely upped your game. But it's, yeah, maybe. But it's also weird because we have all the... Older episodes still there, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, and 18% were somewhat satisfied. Okay. Uh, so a good... So I have the graph in front of me. A number... A good portion of people, say about 4 or 5%, jumped from somewhat to very over the past couple of years. So at that rate, at one point, you will be 110%. Uh, 7% <laughs> were neither satisfied nor dissatisfied. 6% were somewhat dissatisfied. dissatisfied. So those are those percent is high. Yeah. So well, that is up from two percent before, and uh, a couple people said they were very dissatisfied with you. Wow, I've managed to uh, like basically pull down the worst in them. Well, so here's the thing. So one, you have a shtick, right? Polarizing, and you can be polarizing. Um, I don't think you're that bad, but. You know, you have opinions, and you're not afraid to share them. That's so that's going to bother some people. The other thing is is that if someone doesn't like me, they're not going to listen to this podcast anymore. Right. You know, if someone doesn't like you, but they like me... They could still skip episodes. Yeah. Because yeah. a good portion of episodes you're not on. Yeah. So, so if you had a podcast that I was occasionally on... The numbers might be different. Yeah, exactly. I know? might have 40% approval. Right. So this is a... It's not like... 68% of the world is sure. very satisfied with you. It's like, you know, of the people who have found... And plus, it's a psychology podcast. Yeah. And so... And you're I, not a clinician. I so. mean, I have to be honest, right? Like, I would not feel like I'm doing my job challenging ideas and doing all these things if everyone's like, yep, I like it. Now, what what is... Like, I would certainly take note of is if there were a lot of people, like a significant number of people... Uh, that felt offended or they felt, um, you know, like Hurt I was, something. yeah, like I was being uh, insensitive to, to classes of people out there or things yeah. like that, you know. Having said that, 86% said they were satisfied with you, right. you know. So, you know, that's a, that's it's a, a lot of people. majority. Yeah, that's a lot of people. And uh, when I've, I've done satisfaction surveys my whole adult life, I, my, one of my very first jobs before I was a therapist, was a researcher at a hospital at Evergreen, actually, near your place, that surveyed all the patients, and I think even the physicians, their satisfaction with the hospital. And so I've looked at a lot of, and I do all the outcomes for my program at Antioch University. I ask students, I ask teachers, I ask supervisors, I ask clients, satisfaction with everything we do. And I can tell you that, 86% 86% satisfaction is very high. Yay! Like that, that means you are doing really good. All you right. know what I mean? Like, that, that's a big deal. So the other ones can go suck a bag of dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, yeah. So some people, when asked what their favorite part of the podcast, they said that Umberto was their favorite part of the podcast. About one in six mentioned... Uh, that their fa- so when asked about their favorite part of the podcast, about one in six mentioned their favorite aspect was you. 
Nice. So like that's good. What you know the top thing. What, sure. So so one person wrote. It also took me a while to warm up to Umberto, but now I just love him. <laughs> another person wrote, "I'm like a tube amplifier." <laughs> yeah. Uh, another person wrote, "Content selection is amazing." Also, Umberto, mostly. Oh, no, sorry, <laughs> maybe mostly Umberto. <laughs> there. Um, they also said that they like a connection. They felt that they were connected to you. For example, one respondent wrote, Umberto is fun and honest and open to understanding others and himself. He's not afraid to be open about his failures and shortcomings, which makes him so relatable. He's a great addition to the podcast. This tickles my cuckolds. Another wrote, I love that I feel personally connected with both Kirk and Umberto, even though I have not met them IRL. I appreciate both the vulnerability and humor, which forms an attachment for me and draws me back for more. You have truly become a supportive community for me, and I often find myself thinking of concepts talked about on the podcast during therapy sessions with clients. Thank you so much for putting your heart and soul into the podcast. That's so nice. Another person likes your sense of humor. Um, I love the silly episodes with Umberto. I I find I look for more and more of those to listen to. Another wrote, I also love the Umberto episodes. He's a funny guy. (laughs) Wait, what do you mean funny? How am I funny? Uh, another wrote, I like, um, when asked about their favorite part of the podcast, they wrote, I like Umberto's relentless barrage of jokes, good and bad. <laughs> what bad? Come on. Uh, no respect. Then, another person wrote, I especially love all of Umberto's jobs. What, what do you mean all? That's a little confusing. Yeah. You, you, I think you just have one job, right? Yeah. Uh, Co-host chemistry, a lot of people said they love that. I won't read those. I think that's self-explanatory. Some people responded to the occasional conflict that we have. For example, one respondent wrote, I like the way Umberto and Kirk are unafraid to disagree. Listening to disagreements can make make me squeamish because I'm a little conflict avoidant, but I think the discussions between Kirk and Umberto are constructive and a good example of how to listen and understand when someone is saying, saying even if you disagree and i've come to find their entertainment value now that i've gotten over my initial avoidant hump mm. um do you want to hear the negative uh absolutely okay <laughs> when asked for their least far- fa- favorite part of fart- the po- yeah <laughs> least <laughs> favorite part of the podcast five percent indicated that they do not like umberto in some way for example one respondent wrote umberto is a very umberto is very likable but distracting Oh, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Another respondent wrote, Squirrel! I, <laughs> I, just, I just personally don't like Umberto's humor. That's fair. Another that is wrote, totally fair. Another wrote, I find myself skipping episodes with Umberto as I find these episodes really frustrating due to, to the mindless dialogue between Kirk and Umberto. Okay. D- don't get me wrong. Umberto seems like a really funny guy who would be great to meet at a party or something, but his style in this forum, I just find too inane. I'll just take this. I'll take all of these. Like, this sounds fair. The last one. I don't care for Umberto's shtick. It, this is completely a personal preference and not a criticism of the podcast. What's funny is if they met me, they'd realize how little of a shtick it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This is, this, those comments, like, this is a bubble for my own life, right? Like, this, this reflects my experience in life. What do you mean? You know, a lot, most people find me likable and fun at parties and there's definitely at least a five percent that just don't don't connect and you've accepted that a long time ago i've accepted that a long time ago okay let's get into some demographics 
the political leanings, what dis- distribution? So I've, I've, so I asked uh, open-ended question. Just yeah. tell me, and I categorized into left or liberal, centrist, independent. So people, right. in the, I'm sort of lumping in independent, centrist, kind of a weird category, but I'm, I'm I did that. And then you got people on the right, Republican, conservative, right. and then you got libertarian, which I'm putting in another category, and then another category is none or don't know. Uh, how many people? Are, are identify as liberal left. I'm going to say 80 percent. Uh, close, 74 percent. Okay, which is uh, almost identical to two years ago. So we have a we have a very similar political distribution. So that's notable, right? That um, you know, right? Three fourths of our listeners are hard hard left people. Yeah. You know, they're not just slightly in that direction. You know, they're 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 liberals. They're very in that direction. Um, how many people on the right? How many Republicans, conservatives? And, and this is in other countries too, by the way. Cause, okay. Because something like a third, which we'll get into, are of the respondents were not from the U.S. Fifteen percent. Uh, lower. Five percent. Lower. Oh my God. Two percent. Three percent. Three percent. Yeah. Which is which is about the same as two years ago. Do you realize more people, more percent don't like me than we have than we have right wing <laughs> listeners. Right, three uh, percent. Oh my gosh, three percent, which is interesting. You know that's notable, right? Eight uh, percent centrist or independent. Three percent were libertarian, and twelve percent said none or don't know. So if in IRL I meet someone and I find out they're right leaning. Maybe recommending our podcast isn't the best. Well, so I have, I have a couple of thoughts about that. One is that conservative Republican people are probably immediately turned off by anything related to psychology because psychology mm-hmm. is so filled with liberals. Sure. Uh, so there's that. Um, the other thing is, is that I have a feeling like some of the listeners to the podcast are closeted Republicans and maybe identified in the podcast as being centrist or independent or even mm-hmm. libertarian. Like I know some people who I would characterize as Republican who identify as libertarian, okay. you know? Um, and I, and there's also an, so there's an, a doubling of the none don't know category this time as yeah. two, two years ago. So I think that there's a lot of people who are like, well, I used to kind of be Republican, but I can't possibly be a Republican anymore because right. of, of Trump. And so I'm just going to say I don't know, right? You know, or none. I don't have a political affiliation. Um, I don't know. It's all speculation. Uh, the other thing is, is that you know, you and I are left leaning. Yeah. When we looked at the different categories, technically speaking, we're at the far left. Yeah. And not to say that we're extremists, but that we're not complacent lefties. We're not like we're not Bill Clinton lefties. Right. You know, we're progressive lefties. And that means that even though we don't try to, it comes out. <laughs> right. It, it absolutely yeah. comes out in our language. And even more, there are times, well, yeah, anyways, it does come out. And so, uh, given today's landscape, and maybe any landscape, yeah. if you're right, you're going to be like, I'm not listening to this anymore. Yeah. And so, of the Republicans who have come across us, if they got, you know, 20 episodes in, we probably said something that uh, irked them on some right. level, you know. Which does speak a little bit to the fact that we actually have a 3%. Right. That's interesting. Right. It is interesting. And I looked at their satisfaction ratings and, you know, they love the podcast. So, yeah. you know, kudos to you. I mean, 
that that could also match the some of the responses about like the one thing I don't like is when you get too political. I, I looked at that and I think I actually coded that so we can look at it later. Oh yeah, so that's the next that's the next uh, topic here is uh, the political discussions. So I asked them actually to rate their satisfaction with political discussions. What who what do you think the distribution of satisfaction to not satisfaction was? Um, so it sounds like most people were not satisfied. So like seventy percent not satisfied. No, actually, sixty eight percent were satisfied with our oh. political talk. Wait, actually, you're right because it wasn't one of the top categories. No. Right? It was yeah, something it was, like five yeah. percent people. Right, right, right. Okay, said so that wouldn't have made sense when I prompted them when about their least favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's like they're like, well, I guess if I was to say something, it was, it'd politics. be the political yeah. thing. Yeah. So sixty eight percent, and so forty one percent. So. Uh, 9% said they didn't care. So okay. I don't know what that means exactly. It's just like, ah, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but 41% said they were very satisfied, and 27% said they were somewhat satisfied. 11% said they were neither satisfied nor dissatisfied. Okay. And 11% said they were somewhat dissatisfied, and only 1% said they were very dissatisfied. Okay, all right. So so one way to put this is 12% are, are dissatisfied. Um. Which is interesting. I mean, that's a much higher dissatisfaction rate than yeah. a lot of other aspects of the sure. podcast. So it's like there's this balance of just like, well, what what gain do we get by going into political topics? But here's the thing, Berto. Let me ask you. When I ask this question, like, rate your satisfaction with political discussions on this podcast, I did not give an example. I didn't say, for example, when, yeah. we, when we discussed A, B, or C. So after you know reviewing the data – I was thinking, what were th- what was in their mind? Yeah, what does it mean to be very dissatisfied? It could be that we don't talk enough about politics. Or when we do, we only brush the subject. We don't go deep. I am yeah, – that's a good point. I'm, I was assuming, based on the qualitative responses, yeah. that they just don't like it when we talk about politics. And I would say you're probably right based on those verbatims. Right. And, and some people were saying – that it's not that they disagree with us. In fact, some people were like, I agree with you. But the problem is, I just don't want that in my life. You know, if, if, I, yeah. I, I want, if I'm going to search that out, I'm going to seek yeah. it out. But when I come to you guys... It's to escape some of that. Yeah, I want to escape that place, yeah. you know? And I, and I totally get that. And I feel like I've succeeded, you know, to some extent. Because there are so many... I have to tell listeners, there are so many times when... Um, to a lesser extent, me, but more my co-hosts. You yeah, know? like me. No, I was going to say, like, I, I don't know if it might not be evident out there, but not so much anymore because you and I really do have a, a fairly consistent rhythm nowadays. But for a long time, I would come to the podcast ready to like rail about some latest politics thing that I was upset about or listening to. And, and you actually kind of like quelched that down. Uh, and at first I was always like, oh, why can't we talk about this? But it, I don't know if you had that instinct or whatever, but I remember you sort of explicitly saying, like, I just don't want the podcast to be about politics or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and, yeah I remember one of the very first uh, semi-conflicts, it wasn't really a conflict, but sort of like disagreements about what the podcast was, was within the first couple of months. I remember yeah. you came – uh, 10 years ago, and you're just like, uh, we should talk about this right. or that. And I was just like, oh, 
I'm sorry. I did. I guess I didn't tell you that's off mission. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we can't go there. And you're like, well, why? You know? And I remember just being like, I, because I don't want to alienate half of our listeners. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, I get that. And And, and in my mind, we didn't really have a well-defined charter yet. Right. right? So I'm like, I don't know. We're talking about stuff that matters. And, and, um, it's interesting because the more I think about, the things that people value, a lot of it has to do with like, oh, those personal stories or right. the imp- compassion or talking. And and I'm sure, although they didn't explicitly list it, I'm sure a lot of those episodes where we go through a topic and maybe even I have a reversal of thinking about it or things like that, that's probably valuable stuff. But if we were just kind of railing uh, against a political topic or even, yeah, like, and maybe this is sort of what they don't like uh, sometimes about movies is that when we're like railing with very opinionated opinions about stuff, that's ultimately not as um, relatable or as impactful to their to their growth. Uh, and so the people that like it, they like it. In fact, a lot of them seem to love it. Hmm. But for some people, it doesn't seem to work as well. Yeah, yeah. So out out people out there, if you were if you're dissatisfied with political discussions. Please, please email me. You can do so anonymously by going to, anonymously. Anonymy. You can do so anonymously by going to the uh, website and filling out the form. I, I want to know what you were referring to when you were saying you didn't like the political discussions because we, I, you know, I've I made an episode like is Trump narcissistic, for example. Yeah. I guess you could call that political, but it's about an individual. It's, you know, I never go into his politics on that episode. I can't think of a time where we directly talked about like Democrats and Republicans, you know? I mean, there are, I guess, if anything, you're the one that brings it up. Yeah, I bring it up. You're the one that's like, well, Republicans lack empathy. I mean, you literally said that one time and I, and I was like, you know, had a big problem with that statement. So, you know, I, I wonder if, is it, is it stuff like that? Or I was asking some, I was actually asking uh, Mike Drain about this and he was like, well, Maybe it's things that are considered political. I see. Like if we talk about global warming, like I don't consider global warming to be a political topic. That's a scientific reality. Sadly, in this country, it is. <laughs> but to some people, they're like, "Oh, global warming—that's a liberal topic," or you know, I—I I don't know, you know, if 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 that's what they're referring to. So please, I'd like to know because there are topics that I like global warming, for for example. I consider it an important thing to occasionally talk about. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, you'll bring up veganism or something, and like the uh, treatment of animals. Some people are you are, are people talking about yeah. are, are people talking about that as a po- quote unquote political topic? I don't know. So I asked for qualitative responses about our political discussions, and eighty four percent of people gave a positive response to the open ended question. Okay, and sixteen percent gave a negative. The other thing to point out before I forget is that when I asked people for their most their favorite thing about the podcast, no one mentioned politics. Sure. You know, that says something. Sure. You know, no one said like, my favorite thing about the po- is about podcast is when you talk about politics. Right. And 5% or something said their least favorite thing was politics. So, that, you know, it kind of says something. It's like, how much gain are we getting yeah. as opposed to how much, you know. Having said that, sometimes it's just impossible not to like mention yeah. something. Anyway, um, so when I ask people to provide uh, just, you know, qualitative, open-ended response to discussion about politics, 42% didn't answer the question at all. So that could indicate apathy or approval or something. 
Because typically, if you have a negative thing to say when you're given the opportunity, you're, you're right. going to say something. Um, and then a lot of respondents gave gave uh, positive responses, like completely agree with everything you say. <laughs> Another respondent wrote, "Even if I disagree, I never feel attacked or threatened," which I find to be Are very you threatening me. Yeah, very good to hear yeah. <laughs> because it's like I hope because I, I I always assume there are people out there that disagree with me, especially when it comes to political topics. And I try to speak to them in as if they were sitting right in front of me. You know what I mean? Um, Another person wrote, I like how Kirk isn't afraid to express his political beliefs, but also encourages empathy for and understanding of other viewpoints, which is music to my ears, honestly. Uh, Another group of people said they wanted more. Someone, Someone said, don't shy away from it. Another person wrote, Enjoy them very much. Would like more. Interesting. Another person wrote, "The world needs more of this." Another person wrote that their uh, uh, that their least part of the podcast was when Doctor Kirk shies away from expressing an opinion or controversial topics like politics. So some people are annoyed that I don't talk about <laughs> it more, right? You know, which I've I've actually heard from people. They're just like. And co-hosts, honestly, they'll just be like, why are you shying away from that? You know, I'm just like, because I don't want to make this podcast into that, you know? Um, And there are a number of people who are neutral. Like one person said, don't care since I mostly agree with you anyway. (laughs) Another person said, I don't mind it, you know. Um, Well, one other way to think about it, although it goes against the fact that we do so much pop stuff, like pop movies and pop music and stuff. Um. But if you think about listening to this podcast 10 years from now, which, I mean, you'd be lucky, but great. Um, things that we might be talking about that are like current political topics may not be as relevant anymore. Totally. Like, I have an op- – I don't know if you were there. I don't think you were. I have a couple episodes about coping with Trump being elected. Yeah. Because I don't know if anyone – if people remember this, but – Soon after Trump was elected, for a lot of liberals, I think particularly for women, around me anyway, were actually being triggered by into PTSD symptoms. Oh, I'm sure. Because it felt as though America was no longer a safe place, yeah. especially regarding sexual assault. And this is before me too, you know? And, and so... And I know from my side, like, I have friends that are not white that have literally said that they're they're very seriously considering moving out of the country. Right. And yeah, I totally I forgot about that. Yeah, there were Hispanics yeah. who were afraid just because they were brown that they were going to get booted out of the country. Yeah. Um, and some people <clears throat> did. So the uh, so there's an episode, you know, yeah. 2 years ago where I'm I'm like um, compassionately talking to liberals saying we can get through this Let's try to come together. Let's not overreact. I get your feelings. You know, yeah, 10 yeah. years from now, it's going to be like some some really weird episode. Uh, negative feedback. By the way, is it is it always important to come together? Or can like you come first, but the other person still comes and it's fine? Uh, come together right now. Okay. Over? Over whom? Someone. Mm. Uh, negative feedback. Uh, so I actually, because they, you know, they identified where they were in a different question in terms of the spectrum, I actually wrote it down. So a central right person, so this is someone leaning towards the right, says about polit- political topics, don't care for it, 
not American and generally lean right. So that was oh, actually kind of a theme. Is that you know, there's we have a fair, we have about a third or a quarter of our listeners don't live in the states, right? So they're just like, I don't care about right this or that. You know, um, another person who said they were probably liberal, which indicates some kind of like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm liberal. Yeah, um, I'm dissatisfied with the political talk because as a European, I don't care that much about what's going on in the U.S. A progressive person said, I agree with you politically, but there are already too many places with political discussions. Right. A liberal person said, not my favorite topic when seeking out a psychology podcast. Another liberal person said, please stop. Everyone talks about politics. I need an escape from it. Love you guys. (laughs) And a Democrat wrote, probably best to stay away from politics. I am am a left-wing liberal, but I can imagine conservative listeners feeling a bit misunderstood at times. So if you're one of those people or if you're someone who can identify, please let us know what you have heard in the podcast that has made you feel misunderstood or disrespected or something. Because I'm curious about that. Because there, there's, there's two possibilities that I could imagine happening. One is, is that we've both said something or things that have been hurtful or bothersome. The other possibility is that I have never said anything that have perturbed people because I really try to watch that. And my co-host, because I didn't ask, like, give just give feedback yeah, yeah. about Kirk's discussion. Give feedback. Right. About, it was they just lumped it all together because you've definitely said hurtful things about people on the right. We identified yep. one one thing, and you're okay with that, and yeah. I'm okay with that because I feel like you're actually representing a voice of people that is prominent, and so I want to have that dialogue. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to I want to engage in that, and so you know. If if it's that, then I'm like, well, I kind of like that, you know. I kind of like because there are sometimes when you actually say what I would say to be sexist statements sometimes, and I I want that represented that represented voice, yeah. Because there are listeners out there that are probably thinking those thoughts, and I want them to hear what I have to say to that. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I recently got an email from uh, one of our listeners whom I had gotten into a back and forth on Facebook about our episode uh, about the car scene in eighth grade. Yeah. And so it's like several conversations deep now because we had the episode. I said some things that triggered some people. One of those people wrote strong words on Facebook, not like directly about me, but certainly about what I had said. And then, you know, I replied and then I think... uh, uh, Lyndon also did. like we, we went back and forth a few times uh, but then I got an email from this person and it was a really nice email and it was sort of like almost apologetic like I'm sorry I didn't mean to like fly off the handle or something and I wrote back I'm like that's right you no just kidding I was like well no 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 like this that was totally fine it was great in fact because I like having the back and forth and but but the point is that I I wouldn't have said anything differently because I mean that was my perspective and sometimes I I change my mind based on our discussions and stuff like that but I'm proud of the process right yeah when I do episodes on my own there are sometimes when I am in a you know a, a section of the t- talk and I'm like 
man, this is getting so boring. Yeah. And if Umberto were here, he would say something that would trigger an interesting conversation. Right. Or, or I'm talking and I'm thinking it's boring because I'm I'm saying things that I agree with. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm just talking as if it's truth. Yeah. Right. I'm just like da 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 da. But when you're here, sometimes you'd be like, well, wait a second, you know, like, I feel like maybe this. And then either that helps me to clarify my position or it's like, oh, yeah, there is that voice out there, you know? Um, So uh, anyway, uh, I asked people about their satisfaction regarding uh, and their methods of listening to the podcast. Um, Most people listen on their phone app. So it's like... Two thirds to three fourths of people listen on their listen to the podcast on their on phone. Their phone, yeah. But uh, a lot. The next category is Patreon. About forty percent of our listeners listen to episodes on Patreon, either on the website or on the Patreon app on their phone. Wow. Which I find to be, you know, when I started Patreon, I was. I only wanted it to be a place where people could become patrons and then I would give them access to episodes in another place. Yeah. And then at some point, maybe even Lyndon, he was just like, you know, it'd be easier if you actually just uploaded the episodes to Patreon itself. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll do that. But who would listen on Patreon? That app is not, it's not set up for that. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, okay, it was the same thing with YouTube. Like one of my students was actually telling me, you know, you should probably post them on YouTube because... Um, it's easier to fast forward and pause yeah. on YouTube than it is on other kinds of things. And I was like, who listens to podcasts on YouTube? That's why I was saying, by the way, how they they could solve this. Like they they're well positioned. Yeah, they have a lot of the tools already. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Or, or Netflix could could yeah. solve the problem, or Spotify. I mean, yeah. anyone can solve the problem, yeah. but no one is. Um, but anyway, so I'm a, I'm a bit uh, perplexed and. Uh, worried about all you people who are listening on Patreon. If Patreon is great, if you listen to the most recent episode that's released, you right. know it's it's probably doable for that. But as far as like archive or other kinds of things, I, I don't think Patreon is where you want to go. And then sixteen percent access premium episodes on our website, which is great because it's like I thought it'd be lower than that because I I but that's the, where you can get everything. But I wish more people would use the website. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things. I, if if you're listening out there, as of right now, anyway, in you know early 2019, if you're looking for an archived episode, the best place to go is the website. I've recently completely reorganized the website. I've made these different episode groups, and so it makes it easier to find. Plus, there are two pages called Patreon Eps, or uh, yeah, Patreon Eps, where all the deep dives that are only available to pa- to patrons are on there. So any episodes that is exclusive to patrons are are listed in, on the website in, a, in on just two pages, and you just use the universal password to get in there. So um, I, if you're looking for an archived episode, that's that's your best bet. Because uh, because pe- if you're scrolling down on Patreon, I you know one. That sucks too. It might not even be there, right. like because not every episode is on Patreon, right? Um, you know, that's one possibility. Uh, we should think about it, but you could almost imagine making an app that's just a container for the website, plus maybe some extras or something. You're thinking out loud. Sorry for the for the <laughs> app. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you, I don't know anything about that. Sort of, um, you know a lot more about phone apps, so I kind of depend on you for that. Um, when asked about premium access satisfaction, 81% said they were satisfied with access to premium episodes, um, which is great because I get emails every day like, I can't access, uh, but there's a vast sea of people out there that are just like, that's eh, fine. Um, when I asked uh, for feedback regarding it, um, a lot of people were like, oh, it's easy, it's fine. Um, and then other people said they had problems, which, which we talked about before. Um, some people are saying when they listen on Patreon, it pauses randomly, which I have to say uh, that would suck. And just don't use Patreon, honestly. There's so many other places you can use. Um, again, most people said they weren't using the podcast. Uh, da, da, da. So we've talked about that. Um, how how do you think people discover the podcast? Searches on, on Google. <laughs> uh, that's number three. Really? That's yeah. surprising. Um, okay, through through their program, their yeah, someone at the university or something. Oh no, no, I don't know. Oh, the word of mouth is that what you're well, saying? The program? I meant their educational program. Like, Mm-mm. no, no, I don't even think anyone said that. So what did you think I meant by the program? I won't say because that's, cause <laughs> okay, that's, cause that's okay. number one. All right. Well, then, uh, geez, number one? Yeah. Okay. Through It's promoted on Patreon. Nope. They're, they search on their podcast app. Oh, okay. So they, you know, they, they list, search for psychology. Right. They, okay. They're on their, or psychodynamic okay. or something. They're on sure. their podcast app. Uh, As opposed to just searching. Because you listen, you're, you're mainly a YouTube guy. I'm a YouTube guy. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a podcast app guy. Yeah. And, you know, like I, when I search for a movie podcast, sometimes I just... That makes sense. That's why I didn't even think about it. <laughs> right. Um, the next is YouTube search. Okay. Which that is, makes sense. Which is way up from two years ago, because I think yeah. YouTube has really hit its stride in the last few years. Right. Um, so 38% found the podcast through a podcast app search. 29% found it through YouTube, which is almost as much as the podcast app. 15% was a Google search. 10% was word of mouth and 8% was other. Um, and the interesting thing about it is that, you know, the Google searches and the YouTube searches. So the, so the podcast app searches were almost, you know, almost entirely psychology. Yeah. You know, they just type in psychology in their podcast app. But when it comes to YouTube and Google, uh, people found us through the most weirdest ways. <laughs> like I'm just going to read all the, th- you know, keywords that people typed in to discover us. Okay. Amanda Knox. Wait. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. I did I an episode why. on yeah. that. Bowen, uh, Charles Manson, yep. countertransference. This helps us, right? It helps us that we have so many. <laughs> right. Which is interesting, yeah. you know, because, like, again, I, wouldn't, I would never have uploaded them to, to YouTube. And most podcasts don't upload their episodes to YouTube, as right. far as I know. Um, or maybe they do. I don't know. Some of them do. But some of them – so what some of them do, like Joe Rogan, is his is a podcast format. Yeah. Yet he still installs a camera, and right. all the camera is. But is, someone has to edit that goddamn camera feed. You know that, right? Barely, dude. But they still have to edit it. But I'd say like ninety percent of it is is Joe Rogan, his guest. Yeah. Joe Rogan. So there's like two feeds, right? Yeah. And and but yes, they go back me, and that, forth. That would add sure. probably. I, I'm not saying we should do it. I'm just saying yeah. that's the only content in that in that podcast. And honestly, people like me. I don't even watch it. I just like set it aside and I'm just listening. Yeah, which yeah. is, you know. Uh, now, I will say that Joe Rogan has, you know, some of the biggest names in the of world. Course. And yeah. so 
people want to see their faces. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas with us, like, yeah. plus to me, honestly, I want to relax when I'm podcasting. And if I have a camera shoved in my face, it's much less relaxing. I'll be winking at it the whole time. Yeah. Uh, uh, how to meet women, incel, n- narcissism, OJ Simpson, personality disorders, taxi driver, sex offending systems, therapy theories, Chris Cornell. Um, See, so it helps us to do pop stuff. Right. So I think, you know, that's one of the things. It's like, because so, some people are like, well, I'm, I'm not really interested in the pop, you know, pop uh, culture stuff. And it's like, totally get that. And at the same time, it helps us if we do it occasionally because it's, yeah. a, it's a, the gateway drug. <laughs> um, what do you think the median length of listenership was? For the median length, as in how long they've been a listener. Listener, yeah. Okay, uh, median is uh, six months. Uh, two years. Two years. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Half of our people are two years. Yeah. Uh, on the survey two years ago, the respondents were newer to the podcast, so there's been a shift. Yeah. You know, which makes sense because yeah. we've been making so we you know we, the the podcast became much higher quality when Patreon started three years sure. three years ago. So. Um, so yeah, 50% of people were zero to one years, uh, 40% were two to three years and 12% were four plus years. Wow. Yeah. Four plus years. Yeah. I think, th- I think there was one person that was like, since the beginning. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting. Is that your mom? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, actually probably is. Um, uh, when asked to provide all the context in which they listen, where, where do you think they are when they're actually listening to the podcast? Oh, okay. Uh, they're commuting. What, that, that's number one. Great. 74%. Uh, exercising. That is number three at 48%. Um, okay. Then if not commuting and exercising. Oh, in some sort of library. Because uh, they're nope. a student. Nope. That's no. not even on the list. Well, at computer at 26%, but that doesn't really count. So what was number two? Uh, doing chores. Oh, sure. Okay. That makes 71%. Sense. Uh, 33% while working, which I find to be interesting. Uh, 29% before falling asleep. <laughs> Actually, no. This podcast would be great for, for work. Well, depending on what kind of work you do, because it's not the kind of podcast, first of all, you don't have to look at the screen, right? Um, second, it is conversational, right? So it's not the kind of thing where we're, you have to, well, maybe some of the deep dives, you have to pay closer attention. But it, I think a lot of our episodes would lend themselves well. If you, if you doze off a little bit, you're fine. Uh, 5% said they, they just sit down and listen to the podcast. Okay. Which I find to be... That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've never... Like, I listen to podcasts. Yeah. I think I said, I think I've told, you know, people this before, my podcast app keeps track of all the hours I, I spend listening on it. Right. And in 2016, I found out that I spent a third of my life, you know, <laughs> listening to podcasts, meaning that a, th- yeah. a third of my life I sleep. Yeah. And another third I listen to podcasts. Listen to podcasts. And another third I'm not listening to podcasts. Right. Um, because I'm driving, I'm doing chores. Yeah. So it'd be impossible for you to get that with just sitting and listening. Right. Yeah. I have to be doing something it, else. It's very similar with me on YouTube. It's like, if you looked at my hours, which I haven't, that's scary. The amount of hours, 
but I don't sit there and just do it. I'm doing right. a lot of other things. Right. Um, and then 2% in the bathroom. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So skipping down here, 92% said they were satisfied with episode topics. That's a, that's a great stat there, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, very few people were dissatisfied and nobody was – only one person was very dissatisfied. Um, most respondents, 73%, indicated they preferred the current mix between solo me episodes and episodes with co-hosts like Umberto. Um, some people wanted more solo me and some people wanted more co-hosts. So, But okay. the vast majority were like, I like the current mix. Okay. Um, skipping down here. Favorite type of episode? What do you think, Bruno? Let's see. The favorite, I think we already said, was a deep dive. Yeah. So 37%. Uh, what's number two? Number two would be a, uh, not movie, but it would be music. Uh, music? No. Like, you know, when we, Beatles. That's not even on the list. Really? That's yeah. sad. We barely ever do that. One. Well, we do mute. Well, fine. Okay. So then. I mean, right now you're trying to intuit my categorizations too. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so so uh, so first was deep dives. Second would be, well, then I'm going to say movies. Uh, that is five, number okay. five. But that's only three percent of people indicated okay. movies. Uh, ce- uh, celebrity, uh, public figures is four percent. Okay. And uh, Umberto episodes are eight percent. Okay. But number two is clinical episodes. Oh, what's the difference between a clinical episode and a deep dive? Um, they specifically said, cause you know, most of our clinical episodes are not deep dives. You know what I mean? Like when we do the psychology of, of John. Oh, Lennon, I see. Okay. Of John sure. Lennon, you know, that's a kind of a clinical episode, sure. but anyway. Um, so therapy theories, personality disorders, clinical talk, disorders, treatment, case studies, that kind of stuff. Um, so that, so number one is deep dives. Number two is clinical. Number three was Umberto episodes, for example. Episodes with Umberto that contain serious topics. Nice. They, they like those ones. Uh, another person wrote, my favorite type of episodes are bantering with Umberto. <laughs> uh, another person wrote, my favorite type of episode, I like the dynamic of you explaining complicated theory ideas to Umberto and him dicking about. Talk to me like I'm a four-year-old. Uh, well, but I just love this. This It must be a non-American, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Dicking about is non-American. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another person wrote, He's like a he, Umberto is like a smarter version of the audience and will often say things we're thinking of and then you're able to educate us all. Nice. Uh, and then the last category was emails. A lot of people like it when I respond to emails. So that is that. Um favorite episode when I asked so I asked people to actually identify a favorite episode. Yeah. And what was interesting was that most people were the only one who identified that episode. Oh, so it was a flat curve. Very flat curve. I mean, um, a lot of people like the narcissistic episode, uh, and then uh, and then a, a number of people, the next category was people just said, I like all of them. They're all my favorite. <laughs> and then suicide was the next one. And that's kind of a product, I'm guessing, of the, mo- of the most recent deep dives I did that were significant were narcissism and suicide. And then it's just like, you know, very flat. You got borderline... Uh, psychodynamic theory, Whoa. Uh, projective identification. You know, that is a very good stat if you think about it because so many channels, so much content, you'll have like 
one or two episodes where people are like, oh, I like that. The rest is okay. You know, or even series, you know, you watch series and you're like, well, you know, I, I like the first season, but, you know, the rest is like, okay. This tells us that there's something out there for everyone. Yeah, I, I guess that's one way of looking at it. Or um, that we don't have anything that's great. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, least favorite episode. What do you think? The Least of all of them? Yeah. Gosh, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I don't even know enough of our old catalog. But I'll say uh, music therapy. No. So uh, the, the most common response, so about two-thirds didn't respond at all. Okay. So that's a good indication. Yeah. Just like, I can't really think of one. Um, and then 19% actually wrote something along the lines of can't think of one. Okay. That's great. Um, but, then, but when people identified, so 5% of people identified Star Wars episodes. No! No! That sucks. Because yeah. we still got to do episode nine. Right. Which, you know, as so one of the actually revelations I had in reading the data was that, uh, you know, it does make sense that people would be like, why are you talking about Star Wars so often? Because, you know, when when episode seven came out and then episode eight and then I think we might even did an episode. We did on, a Han Solo. A Han a Solo, Solo one. Yeah. It's like, it's a pretty narrow audience that we're appealing to because, you know, not everyone likes Star Wars. And but e- it must and be even, a demographic thing. And even people who do like Star Wars, they're not necessarily wanting to come to this podcast because those episodes, we're just nerding out. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that's one thing that I've learned. It's like, it's one thing to review a, a movie like Bird Box and talk about the psychology it's another thing for you and I just to nerd out on an episode. That that's a oh. very narrow group of people who haven't sought us out for that. Do you know what I mean? But so, that's like us doing D and D episodes. Well, so that's another issue. You know yeah. what I mean? But again, I, I'm on one hand, I'm like, okay, maybe we should maybe we should uh, you know redirect. But on the other hand, it's like. Um, Again, I put out three episodes a week. Yeah, it's it's such a minority of right. episodes. So, but it is interesting. And then the next cat, so you got Star Wars at 5% of people saying, my least favorite episode has something to do with Star Wars. Then uh, 4% had something to do with a movie. Ooh, okay. so, so there's a good amount of people that are just like, yeah. I don't like Star Wars. I don't like the movie episodes. Yeah. Now, there's another group of people that are like, love the Star Wars, love, love the, the movies. Love yeah. the movie episodes. Um, you know, like we did an episode, an entire episode on whether or not Jar Jar Binks was a Sith. <laughs> yeah, I know. Was a Sith Lord. <laughs> With guests yeah. from a different country entirely. Yeah. April. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I get it. You know, <laughs> if I was listening to a podcast and, you know, they decided to talk about English soccer, for example, you know what I mean? It's, it's akin to that. Sure. Like there are some <laughs> people who are massive, like Paul Maynard's massively into English soccer. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He oh. loves the English soccer teams, okay. you know, the Manchester. Isn't you know. it called uh, Quidditch over there, or is that cricket? Yeah, it's 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 cricket Quidditch, yeah. And, you know, that there's, a am sure, a percentage of people who would love us to talk about English soccer. Oh, man. But, you know, if I was listening to a podcast and they had, like, I don't know, one out of every 40 episodes was about 
English soccer, I'd be like, okay, why are you talking about that? <laughs> and that's why I think they identified, you know, that there. Um, I asked people to uh, tell me whether or not they wanted same frequency, less often or more often on a number of different uh, topic areas. And people, uh, long story short, they really want a lot of clinical stuff. Yeah. And they want uh, less of Star Wars. That's the most, you know, clearly it's like less oh often God, than Star Wars. But please. that's so unoften. Yeah. But again, <laughs> I'm going to do a spinoff channel just about Star Wars deep dives. Yeah. That's the other gestalt is Berto has a lot of ideas about spinoff channels that he'll never create. <laughs> um, I ask people why they skip any episodes, you know, like, do you ever skip any? So why? And most people are just like, well, I just wasn't interested in the topic. And then uh, the next one, 21% said they skip if, if it's about movies um, or some of the movies they'll skip. Yeah. So that's interesting again. To, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that the movie thing was bothersome to some people. Sure. You know, that's interesting. Uh, skipping down. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. People don't care about Twitter, <laughs> I found out. Uh, people like <clears throat> Patreon, Facebook, and Instagram. It seems like Patreon, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, they're not. They're not. In, there's so it was Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and then a distant to the next group is Reddit, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Discord. Mm. Um, so there's that. Maybe I should start an Instagram account. Uh, a lot of people are interested in live events, and oh, so <laughs> I actually asked people what they would want if they be you know when they become a patron they get certain benefits. Yeah. And as an example, I said, you know, what about a unique thing? Like Umberto draws something for you. Yeah. And so some people were like, um, you know, a quote or job description of the day from Umberto. Oh. Another person wrote, a drawing from Umberto. That'd be hilarious. I'd be into that. I'll make a drawing for patrons. Yeah. So we can do that. Um, like what? I make one and we send it to them? Yeah, maybe. Okay. You know, or we draw it from a thing or something. I don't know. People like our Patreon goals. Like, so the top, I said, what kind of Patreon goals do you like to have? And they're like, the scholarship was the most popular thing. That might just be a function of the, it's the most recent thing. But I'm really glad people took that because I, yeah. I really kind of pulled that one out of my ass yeah. and was like, because no other podcast does scholarships for sure. their patrons. You know? um, and We're the best. We're the best at scholarships. And so I was pleased to find that people really liked that one. Um, and then the next one was animal charity, which again, we've been doing with, yeah. with, uh, pet finder, um, average age, median age of our, of our what do you think? Oh man, I'm going to go 30, 34, 34. Okay. So we appeal older. So how many millennials? So these people are 13 to 32. What percentage of our listeners are millennials? Under, uh, under 32, under 33. Yeah, I'm going to go 25%. 46%. 46%. 46%. Yeah. So we, probably in their 20s. Yeah. That's why they don't like Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe. It could be, honestly. Get a job. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, percentage of Gen Xs. That's you and me, Bruno. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to go 35% then. 44%. Okay. And so ba baby boomers are 10%. Okay. Baby boomers, 52 and up. So, so okay. So it's pretty even between our, our gen and the youngins. 
Yeah, exactly. With most people in their 20s and 30s. All right. Well, how many people under 25? Uh, I'd have to look at the data okay. on that, but probably like probably like 15%. Um, how many people in high school? Uh, very few, like okay. one or two. Uh, I wonder if high schoolers or... listen to podcasts at all. Yeah, like one or two percent of our yeah. listeners are in high school. Um, what about gender? Okay, uh, I'm going to go 60-40. Well, it includes, Feminine... includes queer, trans, non Oh, non sorry, I'm so uninclusive. I'm going to go... You know, so pick pick cis female first. What percentage? Uh, okay, fine. Fifty five. Seventy one. Seventy one. Yeah. Oh my god. Twenty two percent cis male. That's and, a crazy divide. And seven percent queer, trans, non non binary. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, and that's similar to to it, it's similar to year to two years ago. Actually, there's more cis females now compared to – there's, there's less males. We have the same rate – with similar rate of queer people, but we have uh, 8% less men and about 8% more women. Uh. Um, but this is reflective of therapists. So okay. it's almost identical to the distribution. Okay. So the topic, the subject matter self-selects a little bit here. Right. 68% of people in my field are women. Wow. Um, and then when I looked at podcasts, though, because I looked at podcast yeah. data regarding gender, um, most are men. 55% are cis male. That's interesting. So we've also sort of found a niche where there's not as, probably as much content for more like female type people. Yeah. That's, I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah. What about ethnicity? How many percentage Caucasian? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, we have a lot of worldwide. Uh, so I'm going to go 45%. 79%. Really? Yeah. That's not very diverse. No. It's not diverse I've ever seen, but it's still not great. I mean, one factor is that of our foreign listeners, the vast majority of them are white. Okay. You know, they live in Scandinavia. Yeah. Okay. And so that's but one 70, thing. 70, oh my God. But yeah. That's a lot of percentage. Um. 10% multiracial, 5% Hispanic, 6% Asian, and 1% African American. 1%. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. Um, wait, but, wait, what was the Hispanic ratio? Five. Man, where's all my hermanos y hermanas? So now this is reflective of therapists, though. We actually are more diverse than, oh, okay. than my field is. Oh. So my field <laughs> is 84% white. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then among podcast listeners, sixty three percent are white. So, so we're sort of like in between therapy and podcast listeners, That's which intriguing. which makes sense, you know. But yeah, I mean, so, so it makes sense based on the category, right? But I wish we could, you know, eat into the other markets. Yeah. Uh, so the very typical listener is like a thirty year old cis female Caucasian who is a liberal living in, in the United States. Right. Um, which actually is reflective of our live shows, if you think about it. Yeah, that's you know? true. Um, so what about location? Um, what, what percentage lives in the United States? Oh, okay, so I'll say uh, 70% United States. Good, 72%. Uh, and then I lumped uh, people into other English-speaking countries, which is 15%. 5% Germany. 
which is surprising. Yeah, that's, that's good. 5% from a Scandinavian country and then 3% other. Um, of those who indicated they live in the United States, 20% live in Washington State. So, Which makes sense, given the name. Well, not to me, but okay. I guess, right? I mean, psychology in Seattle. So. But to me, it's like it's more a psychology podcast than a Seattle podcast. That is true. It started off different. That is so funny. I hadn't even realized that it's been a long time since we've Seattleified. That was only topics. yeah the first six months. Yeah, we would sprinkle, and even then it wasn't very frequent. But yeah, so, so now it's more like sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> well, so it, I'm a bit perplexed by this because I mean it makes sense that there would be a bump in Seattle and Washington because people I know, for example, were you know Antioch students. Yeah, most right. most of them catch wind of the podcast and you know they're going to be interested it's like oh a professor has a podcast i'll listen to that so there's going to be a bump there which makes some sense but we also have 17 percent live in california um you know but new york for example is which has millions of people you know are is very low so it's actually kind of interesting like by region 50 percent of the you know so 70 something percent are are in the United States, and of those, fifty percent are on the West Coast, or in the West States, yeah. West region. Twenty four percent are in the South, which you wouldn't think would be the next category. Yeah, fourteen percent are in the Midwest, you know, Chicago, okay. and then only twelve percent are in the Northeast. That's incredible. You know, there's so much there, like in terms of people, in terms of psychology and 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 therapy, and right, like yeah, it's weird. Wow. Yeah, like I don't get that. Um, the only thing I can think of is that some people will come across the podcast will be called Psychology in Seattle and they're turned off by it. Or like, I don't like Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, and it makes me like regret having called it Psychology in Seattle. <laughs> I don't like grunge music. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to change the name, but it, it's like... I'm going to make a spinoff channel that's just Psychology Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're running Ooh, out of time. Maybe I could do Flat Earth Psychology. Oh, yeah. Uh, psychology on the flat earth. Um, our listeners are on average way more uh, educated. Uh, psychology in Seattle listeners are about five times more likely to have a graduate degree. For example. Than an average yeah. podcast listener. Right. So 52%, wow. 52% of our listeners have or are getting a graduate degree. Nice. Half of our listeners. That's crazy. That is, And 10% of the general population of the United States um, have a graduate degree. But it, it makes sense. Yeah. It's like... It's interesting about this you know. topic, you know. Yeah, uh, median income. What do you think for uh, our our respondents here? Um, I don't know, eighty k or something. Fifty. Fifty k. Okay. Uh, which is about twenty above the U.S. median income. Really? Yeah. The median income is thirty. Yeah. Holy crap! For for an, for an individual. How can anyone survive? Yeah. Really. Um. You know, because there's a lot of young people. You know, you're including oh, including true. like 19-year-olds yeah. and stuff. But anyway, um, and uh, yeah, so the, the, the biggest sort of category is like 30 to 60 is, is the right. general. Uh, most people are, in a, are not in a relationship. 55% are not in a relationship, mm, okay. which is about the same as the general population. That's interesting. Uh, sexual orientation, uh, what percentage heterosexual? Well, it sounded like uh, 71 plus. It was like 95% or something. Heterosexual? I think so, because you said 71 in four. Oh, 71. Okay, 80, 80, 87. 
No, 60%. So Wait, this, is, but- this is sexual orientation, not, not gender identity. Oh my God, I'm so idiotic. <laughs> oh, we're going to get some hate mail here. Um, I forgot about the difference. Yeah. So 60% heterosexual, which is actually down from 69, 69 in, from the last survey. Uh, 15% of our listeners identify as bisexual. Wow. Which is more than the, you know, the general population. Okay. Um, 7% lesbian or gay. Seven percent queer, pansexual, five percent poly, and seven percent ace spectrum. We have wow. Seven- we actually have a lot of variety when it comes to this. Yeah, that's that's really great to me. Yeah, that that's a huge diversity, you know, area for us. In spite of me trying to box everyone into little is that categories. we have a lot of non heterosexual yeah. people. So, you know, the general U.S. population is about ninety five percent identify as heterosexual we have 60 percent. and i mean you and i are not brothers we're not colleagues what do you mean oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah umberto's uh referring to an email that we got from a guy who was uh railing on us about something and was uh looked at our photo on our website and said like well obviously the two of you aren't just colleagues so you know implying that Umberto and I are gay as if that was some kind of a slant or something or some kind of like bolstering his point yeah, or yeah. something um 10% of our listeners have a disability 62% identify as having a mental illness and that's twice the rate as the general population uh wait what percentage 62%. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess all of us, a lot of us have mental illnesses. But, okay. but that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. yeah. Um, now, that could be that they are just better at identifying yeah, themselves, you know? Because if you just ask a random person, they're like, I don't have a mental illness, but right. you ask our listeners. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if you have anxiety or depression or PTSD, you're much more likely to seek out a podcast that yep. talks about that. You know? That's a good point. How, how many average people would say that they have uh, a mental problem? Right. Unless they're literally... No, actually, oddly, if you're committed, you probably would still not say that you have a mental problem. Well, if, yeah, if, you have, yeah. if you're resistant. Um, 40% are not in the field. 48% are in my field. And 12% are in other, some other professional field like medicine or law or something. Or humidifiers. So about half of our listeners are clinicians, and but half are not, which is interesting. Yeah. That was similar to the last survey. So it's interesting. It's like half the listeners were appealing to that very clinical work-oriented, you know, thing. Right. Like, it's a, like it's a training of some kind. But there's another half of listeners that this information has nothing to do with their, with, <laughs> with their job. That's, that's actually very revealing. I would have imagined – in fact, a lot of times when I was answering the questions, in my mind, I'm picturing a lot more in the profession – Right. Yeah. But it's like half and half. Half and half. Yeah. So what's the final word on this survey, bro? It's illuminating. Um, I am, I'm proud to uh, be a, a part of this, and I am happy that there is uh, so much good sentiment. I'm highly disappointed, disappointed that you beat me in the numbers. Uh, that's uh, terrible. Well, you know, let's see if you can bring up your numbers. I'm going to bring up my... No, no, no. Uh, screw that. I'm going to bring down my numbers to burn this mother down, but I'm going to start like uh, sister podcasts about all the topics that people hate, and those will get the best numbers. The best. Yeah, it's... It, you know, I've been... I, I designed this survey actually pretty poorly, which meant 
uh, one of the problems was that it was really long for the for the respondents, and two, it meant I there were so many open ended questions that I asked I had to code forever and ever and ever, and when you're whenever for you people for you people for you people out there who have written reports on research data you understand this it's it's a laborious process it's taken me months honestly but throughout this process you know i've read every response several times and it just feels really good to know that you guys are out there appreciating what we're doing because this is really hard work and it takes a tremendous amount of effort and it's a commitment and there are other things we could be doing but we're not doing those things we're doing this thing and it, I can't tell you how great it feels to be appreciated in that way. There were so many wonderful, encouraging comments, uh, you know, and affirming comments, and uh, it 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 just it felt really good. And Umberto, I you know, I I emailed you occasional comments that I wanted you to read, and I, I hope you had the same experience. I did absolutely humbling, very gratifying to know that it's not all. You know, to be honest, uh, I wouldn't have done it for a decade if I didn't get some reward personally out of talking. Uh, what, what do they call it? Blabbing about chit chatting, chit chatting about whatever. But at the same time, man, it is just so touching to know that that it affects people in a positive way. Yeah, just tremendous. I mean, I could die tomorrow and feel like I did something, you know, for, for the yep. world in my tiny little way. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.